Here we go. Snap, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, you can't see me, but I can definitely see you. I'm having some uh, some video camera problems this morning, but that's okay because I'm locked in. I'm live. We're here for episode 72 of Living Split Screen, and we're here to give it to you live, raw, and uncut. Look, man, there's no better place to be than right here with Living Split Screen, where we are a non-console-centric platform that go over everything going on within the gaming community, the gaming industry, and just taking that RTS approach that many others may not believe in, right? Uh, that's real-time strategy for those who don't know, or maybe you're just a gamer lost in the sauce. Shout out to guys. If you guys are not tuned in to Game On Daily, check those guys out over there. Uh, another excellent site for news, and uh, they got a, quite a conglomerate going on over there. A lot of time, a lot of effort spent in there, but... Another great group of gentlemen that I have to shout out because they, I mean, they still sponsor us. I don't, I don't know why. Well, I think we're too crazy for them, but that's the midweek mix-up collective. And look, man, Juan Rick Dust, good to see you back in good spirits, good health. Hopefully everything is going well. My brother, if there's anything that you may need, please let me know. Um, again. No, nah, I don't sit here. I don't live on Twitter, ladies and gentlemen. So unfortunately, I can't be like everybody's DMs and everybody's YouTube channels and making sure everybody's all right. But my DMs are always available. My messages are always available. I'm always appearing online. I don't need to hide. I am the boogeyman. No, I'm just joking. I'm one of your hosts, <laughs> Steel Rain. I feel like a WWE announcer right now, and that's okay. We're getting it live this morning. How are you guys feeling? Ladies and gentlemen, the audio listeners, hopefully you guys are, we're coming through with good quality. The voices are silky. Paul said he's fixed his, uh, some mic issues on his end, so maybe no static for you guys. I don't know. We'll see. I've been clearing it out in post, you know what I mean? Making it sure it's extra crispy. So audio, if you, uh, audio listeners, if you've been listening, please leave us a review and tell us how silky our voices sound. Um, if you have some time. If not, uh, hand the phone to your mama, tell her you got to go to the bathroom real quick and tell her to put in the review. But either way, look, man, I told you who I was. I told you who the, where you're at right now. It's a Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time with Living Split Screen. It's episode 72, but I didn't introduce you to one of the most uncanny gentlemen, not only in the YouTube streets, not only in the Twitter streets, but just as a friend, just as a brother, just... Look, he is the X-Man who is not Cyclops, ladies and gentlemen. My brother from another. Pong. So, what's going on, man? How you feeling? Back again, Steel, for another Saturday morning with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Mr. Steel Rain. That's right. 
We are back. I'm feeling pretty good, although I will give a heads up to everybody. Seasonal allergies in full effect today. Uh, I'm going to try not to sniff in the microphone. I'm going to try to go off camera if I have to blow my nose, but just be aware that those allergies are kicking in because up here in Minnesota, we went from 90 degrees on Thursday, 65 yesterday. So uh, that's an instant startup for my allergies. So I apologize if I sound different. Uh, or if uh, I got to go off camera during uh, the show for that. But I am feeling pretty good, Steel. Um, again, I love having this along with gaming, podcasting, gaming, good people around me because when real life gets stressful, I've got those places I can go to uh, to release. And right here is one of them. So uh, great to be here. Good morning, Steel. Uh, you know, you called yourself the boogeyman, Steel. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to call you Santa Claus from here on out. So I just want to give a oh, shout God, out to my no. brother. No. I want to give a shout out. No, no. You deserve your flowers, brother, for coming Ooh. through. Uh, yes, that's right. He is supporting my addiction. Uh, Steel <laughs> here gifted me NBA 2K23. Uh, and uh, so now I'm back on the crack again, or will be here uh, shortly. Uh, but that's also because Steele himself has jumped in uh, to the addiction known as true. NBA 2K23 this year. So we're going to be doing this together along with plenty of other people. But I, I do want to say thank you, brother, again. You made my day um, when that uh, came through on my uh, messages. So appreciate you, man, uh, more than you ever will know. You know that. Um, otherwise, this week, what have I been doing? Man, oh, man. Battlefield. Um, although not a whole lot of it because I've been getting home late, uh, this week, but I did re-download Cyberpunk after the announcement this week, uh, that they were going to do the expansion, um, and that they were going to, obviously they put out patch 1.6, uh, along with some edge runner, uh, an edge runner mission. And they actually added a couple side jobs as well that weren't there previously. So I wound up redownloading Cyberpunk again um, and hopped into it. And I just love that game. Man, I just love that game. Um, you know, and I think that the support that CD Projekt Red is giving it right now um, has got it into such a great spot. They cut off last gen. I feel bad for the last gen people who thought they were going to get the expansion. Um, they're not. They're refunding those people. But really, this game, again, is one of my goats. I'm biased. It's one of my top 10 all-time games. Uh, and this Edge Runner uh, new series on Netflix has got me excited because that looks freaking ridiculously good. Um, and for them to add in a mission to kind of tie into that is super dope. Um, I have just started it out. Um, cause I did some of the side jobs that they added. And of course I was walking around taking pictures because now steel with update 1.6, you can actually go into your wardrobe. You can actually set up your outfits. You don't have to worry about the stats on your armor anymore. You can make your V look how you want your V to be. So it doesn't look like a bum that pulled a bunch of different mismatching clothes out of the trash and put them on. Now you can have a stylized V. Uh, so I went in there, set that all up, of course, um, and uh, man, I've been having a great time with that. Um, last night, I did kick on NBA 2K23 just to check it out for uh, about a half hour last night. Got through the My Team stuff because you got to play a couple of initial games, open up some packs, do all that kind of stuff, get set up. Plays different. 
It, it, I can already tell you it plays different. I watched the videos of what they changed this year. Defense is totally different now, um, but the players seem to be reacting uh, more smoothly uh, than last year. I told you guys there are times where it feels like there's times where it feels amazing in 2K22, and then there's other times where it felt really stuttery, and yeah. it was just like, come on. Everything feels more natural. So I haven't played a whole lot yet, so I'm sure I'll still find some things that I'm like, mm. but right now it does feel more natural, how the players are moving, how they're reacting. Um, so I can't wait to dive into that further as well. Um, but otherwise, last weekend, Steel, listen, I had four days off. Steel and I played all four days together at some point, along with Mav, along with Jasper. We put in like I think Mav figured it out. We streamed, or he streamed, uh, a total of almost 14 hours, I think, of Battlefield. Mm. Um, so we put in some work on Battlefield, and there's some Battlefield news this week that we can jump into as well. They are moving forward. There's a campaign coming back, but Battlefield right now is playing absolutely amazing, Steel. And I think you'll agree. Um, we've talked about this plenty, but I will keep capping for Battlefield. I don't care. I don't care. I, I think it's back into a great spot. So anybody waiting on Battlefield, jump in. Or, you know, obviously as soon as it drops an EA play, hop back in there because the game is playing just amazing right now. We were having such a good time, man. Oh, man. Every match was good. So uh, that was my week, Steel. How about you, brother? What else you been getting down to? Obviously got the Dead Space stuff going on. Uh, oh, man. Uh, no, that, this Dead Space stuff I know, this it's is old, old footage. Um, old. Yeah. old footage of that, but I mean, honestly, it's just been, you know, life stuff going on in the background. Uh, other than that, um, and been working on the bike. I ended up put getting that put in the shop so I can get the shocks and springs adjusted so it'd be a little bit of a better ride for me and the wife. And again, oh, with all oh, the bikes, you got to make sure you get them for some proper care. Um, and game-wise, man, I don't know. What have I been playing this week? I don't know. Other than Warframe, that's cause it's still been right there. <laughs> I've jumped back into some Destiny still. Uh, so I'm okay. playing the, the PvP on and off yep. uh, with my brother. But then, uh, you know, I had this I had this bug, man. Like, I don't know where. I don't, I don't know what, what did it. I, I Maybe I was watching some highlights because I was, I was looking at some Jordan highlights. And it was just making, it was just making me think about like basketball and things of that nature and uh in the time and everything. But needless to hear this here to there, I, I think it was just the universe working in weird ways and ways that it shouldn't have. But it put me in this tizzy where I was just like, man, I maybe 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 I'll get 2K this year, right? So I, I say you know, then that's exactly what it was. I I, I left at that and moved on. Then I'm scrolling through my phone, um, and I end up pulling up TikTok or whatever the case might be. And within like the first, I want to say like the fourth video that I saw, it was talking about 2K and some of the changes that they made and everything. And I was like, okay. I was like, all right, well, I like some of the stuff that I'm seeing. You know, my part's looking cool. The way to build out your characters is looking pretty dope. Uh, all right, that's what's up. And then from there, Somehow it just miraculously, but I, I got the game. I, I, I don't know how it happened. <laughs> uh, it's just, I don't, I took a trip. I took the trip to, uh, you know, New Zealand. They said, hey, here's a copy of 2K. 
you know, mind you, I'm not sponsored by 2K guys. And, and here's an extra one for your your brother Pong. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, <laughs> got to New Zealand on a long flight, and you know, this is after you know some things that just lined up, uh, just putting putting it in my mind. And I got off the plane, and they were just like, "Hey, here's two copies." And off to the races we went, man. And me personally, 2K for me is more about the my career. Um, most mostly because I. Pong got me a little bit into my team, and I don't mind that. Um, along with Pong, also, he told me that uh, they're not going to have, like, contracts and stuff like that anymore. So that's another thing that's super dope. Uh, makes it easier to just jump in and out. Makes it more accessible. But the other thing, too, is that I may not focus on my team as much because my career is already its own grind, um, especially when you're working on your own character. But... Yeah. It is going to be interesting to see about jumping into the other cooperative modes because I typically don't, I haven't played 2K like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, as far as like with me, if it wasn't like side by side, I never played, we never played like, I never played 2K like on teams and stuff like that. Ups and stuff, uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I did like a couple games with Dealer and them um, yep. before. I believe I was on 2K21. But uh, so it's going to be cool to get into some more of that. I think that's really fun. Uh, it could be really a good time. And I just been having fun with it, man. Things have cool. changed. Um, it do, does feel a little bit tighter. There are some things that do still bother me. Uh, like mm -hmm. when you're playing defense and somehow they still get past you when you're playing good defense. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, again, that's can also, I know there's speed differences and there's yeah. other moves and things that are kind of cheesy in the game right now. Like for an example, there is a current grind method. Uh, this is not like... Not, not known, but because this has always been a thing, but where you put it on Hall of Fame um, and you basically throw alleys to your players over and over again or just hit sure. plays. One, yep. it, it helps you learn the game a little bit more, but two, it helps you level up and get VC quicker that way because right. you get the most VC for playing on that harder difficulty. So um, the Jordan Challenge, I have not started yet. This will be my first time ever trying to do that too, so that should be a lot of fun. The, the, the intro to it, Steel, is absolutely is freaking incredible. They took his highlights from all of his famous games, right. like the Utah game, right? All of it, and they uh, they duplicated it, but in the two K twenty three engine, and they did such a great job in those game moments, adding in, of course, the announcers from the actual right. games, and then they put this filter over it, steel, so it looks like you're watching old games like if you had a vcr tape like from the you know from the production quality from back then was not what we have now no, hell no. have high definition hell no. back then so they put this filter over it but the engine is so good there there are moments in there when it feels like you're watching the actual highlights versus a reproduced highlight but they Damn, did it down fire. to the the minutest details of each play if you watch those highlights like I have a billion yeah, times, yeah. You know some of the details, and they put them all in there, so it's really cool. Yeah. Um, the only thing about 2K that I don't like um, is the open city aspect of it. I don't get why they've done that. Um, I think that's stupid. Because I, stupid they want is. you in there, Steel, for okay. 40 hours look, a day. That's look, what if, they you want. Want me, if you want me in there, don't... don't why does the performance have to drop the shit when they fuck it? Like, come on, bro. Because like, 2K about optimization... We already hey, know that on. this thing's like 150 gigs. Oh it God. literally is. Ah, uh, that's 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 the, that's my biggest gripe with it. Like, this is like, bro, there's certain things just don't change. But it is what it is. Um, 
but other than that yeah that's really been my kind of week i know still rising has been uh came out also apparently yeah. i haven't had a chance to jump into that yet though it is on my list and on my radar but i, I got other games that i gotta get into when you're playing live service games it's kind of hard to to stop those when you're mid grind and jump into other games so Steel Rising, in fact, they talked about um, the options they put in there um, for accessibility. Um, and that really? actually got more I did hear about. Steel. I did hear about that. You hear about that? You can basically, and this got me excited, because, again, I was hyped for that game because of Spiders, which is one of my favorite double-A RPGs. If you guys have been watching this show from the beginning, you know I've brought up Spiders multiple right. times. Spiders, back in the day, have some of my favorite double-A RPGs ever. They are they are on the cusp. If they got the resource, and I think Steel Rising is another step for them from what I've seen. Yeah. But if they sure. got the actual funding, if they were like under an Xbox and they got the AAA money and grew their team, they could be a freaking awesome RPG maker. But Steel Rising got me more excited because as I was watching the gameplay, I was like, ooh, this is this is really soulsy. Like, I don't know yeah. if this one's going to be for me. But then they came out with the announcement for anybody who doesn't know. They have added a ton of accessibility features. I can basically, you can take this game and you can turn it into an action-based RPG if you really want to. Because you can adjust how the enemies uh, respond to you. You can adjust your damage levels. You can adjust the enemy damage oh. levels. You can adjust all sorts of things in there and turn this in more into an action RPG, which gets me excited. I know that's not the original vision, but if they're going to add these features... And they're going to give me the option to do that. This is a game I'm going to jump into. Down if the they add, if they added the yeah. feature, if they added it to the game, that's part of their original vision. So, um, it, it 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 is what it is. I mean, it's there from jump. It's from there from base, right? It's something they put in consideration, and they wanted people to have accessibility, right? So, right. I consider that as part of the initial experience. It's like that's why I don't judge people based off of what difficulty. It's just what we get. What I, what people get get stuck at is people being dishonest about that kind of thing right. or right. making it seem like the game is less than because you breeze through the game. Like yeah. that just doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense. Right. No. You can't play a game on ease. You can't play like, for an example, you can't play dead space. If it had difficulty, I can't remember. You can't play dead space on the easiest difficulty where you can just literally run up on the necromorphs and whatnot, or run up yeah. on the fucking aliens and shit. And they don't do anything to you. Um, right. Or there's no fear factor. It, just, it, it eliminates the, oh the t intensity of the game or just or, or whatever game it might be. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, your experience is different than a person who played it on a normal or harder right, level. Right. And you just got to real, you got to be like you said, still, you just got to be honest, be honest about that. that. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to take anything away from you. You play games how you want to play. Right, I've exactly. never had a problem with that. Just don't act like you had the same experience as somebody you who played it on the hardest level. Okay? You did. That's dude. not true. That's not. <laughs> and when people try to compare their experience, like, oh, I beat that game. It's just like, it's like no, that's not. Uh, I, like, I understand you saw the story, and that's cool, yeah, but uh, you, did. you yeah, didn't have yeah, the same you, experience you, that I did. You beat the game, but no, you didn't have the same. <laughs> it wasn't It wasn't the same level. It, yeah. it certainly was not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So... Um, I think at this point, it'd be a good time to get into our upcoming game segment. It looks like there's actually um, a few things that are coming out this week uh, that people can be a little excited for. One that actually was pointed out as one of the uh, what most anticipated PC games, I believe it was called. And that's oh, the yes. uh, Metal Hellsinger. Yes, which is um, coming to Game Pass. It's actually surprising. So. 
yeah, for anybody who likes rhythm games, that's going to be freaking amazing. Not me, but it looks freaking awesome. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, a, I'm not sure. a rhythm guy. I'm not a rhythm uh, game guy. No, 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 not a rhythm guy. So we are at but, the what? But they could bring out another Guitar Hero, and I'm about that. I love some Guitar Hero. I play on the hard to expert levels. Ooh. All, all <laughs> you, I love, I love that shit. I love that. All you. All right. Let's see here. So we are going to start, and it's going to be the week of September the 12th uh, coming up this week. So let's see what's going on. Ooh. We're going to start out with a game called Little Orpheus. Little Orpheus coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 13th. This is a new platforming game from developer The Chinese Room and published by Secret Room. This was already released for iOS back in 2020. So obviously uh, they've probably done some work and they're bringing it over to consoles now and PC. So, hey, uh, little Orpheus, if you're looking for a hey, platform. Real quick, Dutch, um, we try, what demo are you saying to play? You're talking about the one for Steel Rising? If yeah. that's the one that you're referring to, uh, I don't need to play the demo. I'm, I'm going to get the game regardless. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Perhaps no, and like I said, I'm going to buy it later. So for sure, 100%. Um, and then coming to iOS and Android, a mobile game called Scourgebringer. Oh, actually, this game has been out on platforms or out on uh, consoles before um, and PC as well. I actually fooled around with this game. Uh, this is an action oh. game, um, and it's really fun, actually. It's from Flying Oak Games and Deer Villagers. Uh, go check out Scourgebringer. Uh, you might like it. It might. Is it still in Game Pass? It was in Game oh, Pass no. at one point. I think it might still be in Game Pass. I could be wrong on that. Uh, but this uh, this came out on Xbox One, Switch, and PC back in 2020. Uh, it came out to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita in 2021, oh, wow. which okay. is crazy. <laughs> and now it's coming to iOS and Android. Scourgebringer is a pretty cool game. Um, so go check that out. 2D um, you know, action game, heavy action. It's really fun. Um, and then we've got 13 coming to Switch, the classic game that has been around. They did a remake. I watched actually Brother Mike from NLG fool around with the remake. Um, I believe they're doing another update for current consoles as well on this game. Um, this goes all the way back to 2003. That is so crazy. This, yeah, this was on PlayStation 2, Xbox, GameCube, PC, and Mac back in the day. Um, but this is a really cool game. I've not hopped back into it since. Um, but I always liked this game. But they are uh, they re-released it in 2020 for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then uh, now it's coming to Switch. And like I said, I think I do remember seeing that they're going to come out with a current uh, version as well for this game. Uh, because performance-wise, it needed a little work um, on, the, on the remake. So um, that is coming out September 13th. And then You Suck at Parking. That's right. <laughs> uh, listen. This game is really cool. I watch Indie play this. Uh, indie Gamer, shout out to Indie Gamer. Uh, everybody knows who he is in this community for the most part. Uh, dude just, again, his name says it all. He loves Indies. Uh, I watched him play this originally on PC. It's from Happy Volcano. Uh, it's a really cool, fun little game, and it's coming to Game Pass as well. Um, and that's launching on the 14th. Uh, Xbox Series consoles, Xbox One, and, uh, of course, PC. Uh, and then uh, next year it will be coming to PlayStation uh, 5, 4, and the Switch. So it starts out as a console exclusive um, on our side, on the Xbox. No. Um, anyways, You Suck at Parking coming this next week. Bear and Breakfast coming to Switch on September 
15th. This is a simulation game. I think we saw this at one of the showcases. I can't remember if it was Gamescom or not. Yeah, it was Gamescom. I believe it was Gamescom. It might have been the future game show. Uh, Bear and Breakfast. It's a simulation game from Armor or from Gummy Cat, published by Armor Game Studios. Uh, it has been out on PC since July 28th, but now come to Switch in September. Uh, cool little game. I think I, I, I actually like it. Uh, let's go check out Bear and Breakfast. And then, like Steel was saying, Metal Hellsinger is coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PC. For anybody who does not remember, this is the Rhythm Doom game. Is the only way I can put it with Death Metal, uh, which is always freaking amazing when you plug it in with a Doom aesthetic. This is developed by The Outsiders, published by Funcom. Uh, again, we got word. This is going confirmed. It is dropping into Game Pass day and date. So... Uh, have fun with some Metal Hellsinger for all you rhythm fans out there. It's going to be a good one. It is fast, fast, fast. So uh, that should be great for a lot of people. And then we've got the Outer Wilds current gen patch coming. Outer Wilds, cool game. Uh, could not, I played it, could not get into it. Um, frame rates were not good. Sporadic? On, sporadic <laughs> on the older systems. Again, this released on PC in 2019. Came out for Xbox One in uh, also in 2019, uh, and then it came out for PlayStation 4 in October of 2019, and now they're finally doing a current gen patch for this thing, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series. I'm not sure if they're reselling it or if it's going to be a free update. Um, that I'm not sure of. Uh, it is also coming to Switch at a later date as well. But Outer Wilds, a lot of people swear by this game and love this game. Um, and that is coming September 15th. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Um, and then, why is this, this, is this like the official what, Splitgate? Splitgate's been Next out. Next-gen version, maybe? No, because it says PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Is this like the, was it always in beta? I don't remember, Steel. You played know. it. I never. I played mean, it. I played it a little bit, but I didn't play it enough to know and, what was going on. And the developer, 1047 Games, uh, came out and announced that they were, this was going to be the final update to Splitgate. They're going to keep the servers up, but they're moving on. Because of the success of Splitgate, they are moving on to a much bigger version of Splitgate and going to make a whole new IP out of it um, because, you know, they just said that the game kind of outgrew where they wanted to take it, but they learned so much from Splitgate that they're going to make a, you know, a bigger version of it. So, um, but that is on September 15th. So I'm unsure what that official is at that point, if it's just going to be an official release, but it is the final update they said to that game. Um, and then uh, Wayward Strand coming to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series consoles, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That is coming uh, September the 15th as well. This is from Ghost Pattern, and it's an adventure game. Uh, so uh, go take a look at that one and see what you think about uh, Wayward Strand. Um, and then we've got Return to Monkey Island, which unfortunately is only coming to Switch and PC. I love the Monkey Island series, um, but it's only coming to Switch and PC on September 17th. But they've got some of the original developers this is from Terrible Toy Box, uh, published, of course, by Devolver Digital and Lucasfilm Games. Lucas was obviously the previous publisher back in the day, uh, but Devolver Digital has taken that over. Return to Monkey Island is one of the best, uh, you know, 
I don't even know how to say it. It's narrative driven, um, but it's got some of the best humor I've ever found in a game. It is classic. I love that. So this one looks to return to that. Um, so I can't wait to see what people think about this. Check that out as well. And I think, is that it? That's it. That's it for this week coming in games. Uh, we have uh, next week. Next week we've got some cool ones coming. Yeah, we got oh, some interesting games coming, man. Yeah, There's definitely yeah. some, a few of them that I can definitely speak on. So that's definitely dope. Um, it's actually crazy, man, because FIFA's actually coming or is right around the corner too. That's a little bit later in the month. But uh for me personally, I was trying to decide whether uh, I was gonna do FIFA this year or 2K. And I've I've bit the bullet and obviously I'm gonna do 2K because uh, I can't do both. There's so too much of a time commitment. And because FIFA can get me neck deep in things. I'm uh my damn self so and then also i saw dutch mentioned grounded yes um it does it 1.0 is supposed to be released later on this month and that's september 27th and we'll definitely make sure that we uh let you guys know about that as it comes out or before it comes out as we do on a week to week basis but with that said thank you paul for getting that uh those upcoming games to everybody again ladies and gentlemen uh, gaming is art and should be treated as such. So that, that's going to be the biggest reason why we're always going to bring these things up, man. Upcoming games, uh, this day in gaming, kind of giving you that that history aspect, kind of so you can be grateful for where you are today. Because, man, it's crazy when I when sometimes as I'm playing some of these games, man, and you just sit back and you're just admiring, especially like 2K. I was thinking about that the other day. It was like you go back and you go back to like a 2K6. You know what I'm saying? And then you go and you, you're playing 2K23 right now and you're just like, you're just in your mind just rewinding time and thinking back about how things used to look. And you were like, man, this is the greatest it'll ever be. And then now in 2023, no, no rhyming intended. When I walk out, especially in my career, when you walk out into the stadium, bro, Game looks fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, mind you, it, it might drop down about 20 frames as you're walking out um, and then finally get back to normal when you actually get back on court because it's a basketball game that uh, where the other things are like, it's not even second or third. It's like fourth down the list of line that are of things that are important. So, but it's neither here or there. Well, well yesterday was Dreamcast Day, $9,999. And I posted... Yes. I uh, retweeted uh, somebody had posted an original CNN clip from when the Dreamcast was launching and they were interviewing kids uh, checking out the Dreamcast for the first time and they were showing clip steel. And I said, it's always great to have these types of time capsules uh, to see how far we've come. And, and to your point, I played 2K on Dreamcast, I played 2K online over yep. dial up for the first time ever on my Dreamcast which was absolutely unbelievable at the time. It was the worst connection possible. We complain about what we have now with, yeah. with, with, with my, new, bad, my new lag compared to back mm. then when if you got a whole game, if you got a whole game in with somebody in New York, it was a big deal. Like that was massive if you got a whole game in and it was terrible lag. But uh, just to go back and see you know, the kids were all excited. Everybody they were interviewing was like, graphics, graphics, man, graphics. And we were, you know, seeing Soul Calibur and Sonic from back then yep. um, and all these games and see where we are now, Steve. And with all the connectivity, 
accessibility that we have playing on our phones, playing through the cloud on your TV. It doesn't matter to go back just to 1999 and think about where we were then with the Dreamcast. Shout out to the GOAT. Uh, for me, the GOAT um, will be forever the GOAT. It was one of the greatest consoles of all time. And to hear them talk about, it was even funny in that scene in Things Steel, they said uh, they, they had pre-sold 300,000 consoles on by nine nine ninety nine, and they were hoping Sega was looking to reach a million by the end of the year. <laughs> and here we are now where we know consoles are selling you know what do we have last year like 10 okay. million almost five yeah seven to ten million yeah between the playstation and the xbox series consoles in the wild within the more than that year. i mean it was yeah. great yeah more than that um so it was just awesome to hear all that stuff and to see again where we came from and how far we have come because it's insane where tech is going no, nah, it's wow, that that's that's why every time that we have these conversations or if you're on other people's podcasts or boom brings me on, I'm just grateful to where we at, man, because it's like again, when I play games, I play to the main reason why anybody else doesn't is to relax and get to kind of separate yourself from, from the world and things like that. Because you know, when you work outside or you're working on bikes or you're working on cars or you got home from your job, there are some things that you just want to sit down and just just involve yourself in and really be part of that world which is it's, it's 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 just a beautiful experience to me and there's not there's nothing better than it that's why i choose gaming over movies that's why i choose gaming over tv that's why i choose you know what i'm saying like of all the other hobbies that people do play cards because yep. don't let nobody else tell you that gaming is a waste of time because you could just as easily tell them that whatever they're doing is a waste of time also yep correct absolutely binging is the same thing so don't uh, yeah. talk to me about it actually i think it's better because I, you're actually interacting and working your brain and right. doing all sorts of stuff binging so, tv is completely yeah. pointless and that's what they absolutely. were talking about as far as you know when they used to do those those studies back in the day yeah they were talking about you tv people who sit there and watch tv all goddamn day right that's exactly. what they were talking about not the, everybody's got their own hobby right so everybody so <laughs> Uh, absolutely incredible. Hey, shout out to Boom for dropping in here as well. Double Barrel Game. Great to see you, brother. King Webb dropping hey, in here. Great to see to King you Webb. as well. I saw Boxenberger drop in here. The great Boxenberger from Germany dropping in here to say hi. Great to see you, Patua. Thank you for dropping in here, sir. And shout out to you for and the entire Midweek Mix-Up Collective for playing Battlefield and supporting the cause. We're all capping for Battlefield 2042 at this point because it is amazing well it's not it's not capping if it's true yeah i know but it's not it's some not people, some people will say it's capping because they still think it sucks so well whatever. i mean some people are going to say it's capping because they think because they've experienced a lot of people who have to lie yep. to themselves a lot of other people to yep. feel like they've had a good time and yep. we're no, nobody's capping here no but or caping well, i didn't, I I didn't have to get my cape out of the closet i will, I will say it i Care. I don't care. I don't care what you want to call it. It's not capping. It's not capping. I know. At least the way that it's supposed to be. At least some people would say it was. You know they would. People people say a lot of things. You know, what what did they say back in the day? What was that saying? Was it Bill Cosby who said it? Uh, Bless his heart. Uh, Kids say the darnest things. Yeah, yeah. You know? They used to do a show. You know, I'm shout sure out to um, wow! Shout out to that I guy. did not think we were going to Bill Cosby reference on today's show. Hey, you got got throw some, we got those some little Billy Bill in there. You know, uh, he was a, uh, you know, it's, that's another th- crazy thing to think about. But uh, yeah, that's going to yeah, be a different yeah. direction. L- uh, Live supremacy, great to see you, Jason Hackett. Thank you for dropping in here as well, brother. Uh, Black Car Day, thank you as well, sir, uh, for being with us this morning. 
uh, appreciate it. So, um, yeah, go ahead, Steele. I'll end it yeah. with my how our heroes have fallen. Ah, yes. Um, that happens. You live long enough, see your heroes fall one way or another. You, what, 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 is, what, did Bat, what did the Joker say? You either live long enough to see yourself become the villain or you die a hero? Something like that. Or you die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain? Yeah. yeah. Something along those lines? Something, something along shout, those lines. To, shout, out, shout out to Heath Ledger. Fucking <laughs> the greatest, greatest fucking yes, joker ever all time. Yes, all time. Now, let's get into some games. I think, ladies and gentlemen, I have to get into this because I think it'll be a good point for me and Pong to kind of get our little, little tussies out, right? Um, have a little have a little fit about, have a little fight, have a little arguments over. No, I don't know about all of that. Um, we battling today? Okay. Maybe. All right. All right. Let's go. So, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you guys heard, but there was a device that, you know, Xbox has been really good about releasing controllers this year. Right, since the Xbox Series console has released, uh, they've just been on a controller spree. Here, they've okay, been on a right. controller okay, spree. Set this up. I'll be right back. I gotta go fix my nose. <laughs> all right, uh, but they've been on a controller spree, man. And you may, you may be part of that group who has a wall full of different controllers, colors, styles, whatever the case may be. You might have even made a couple um, through the design labs through Xbox. I say all that to say. Xbox went on to release, or no, not to release. I mean, it is releasing towards the end of the month. Um, I believe it's the 21st, somewhere around there. Um, but they went on to announce this week that the Xbox Elite version two, not the version three that some were expecting, but the version two is going to be releasing with some um using updated materials. Uh, so some of the problems that people have been having, uh, I know I can attest to being one of them, uh, where like the same thing that carried over from the first Elite controllers where you had weak uh, bumper buttons. I, and I say weak, but I can also be honest and say, hey, I have dropped my Elite controller once. Twice. It happened. Um, so I could very well must say, hey, maybe I did that. But they have been statistically known to be quite on the weaker end of things which can cause for a really bad experience um because of my right bumper breaking on my elite controller version two um i started using the paddle on the bottom and this has actually been an amazing thing i've actually has actually changed my experience um and also i've noticed a little bit of less hand fatigue from doing that so i inadvertently has done something good but when you pay let's say top dollar for these for these kinds of products you would expect that you're not paying for a product that might fault on you within a year to depending on use right and everybody's different because even with my first elite control the only problem that i had with it for the longest time um were the grips falling off and that has not been an issue here at all uh, the grips have been perfectly fine. That's good to go. Uh, the other thing, again, with my first Elite controller was the bumpers. But I, but you were a, e easily able to fix them. Um, I hadn't looked in fixing the RB buttons on the Elite 2 yet. But I believe the last time I was looking for parts, they didn't have them available. Which is really if weird to me. Because I've also opened up this controller. This controller doesn't open up like typical controllers either. So, like... In previous controllers, and not everybody may care on the audio side of things. I'm trying to give a little bit of a visual representation of things, but you may not be able to keep, may not be able to get it, or you may not understand. But essentially, the faceplate on this controller on the Elite version two is the only thing that lifts off of this controller. 
typically in other controllers, it's like the parts are just sitting on the inside, like I believe it is with the regular um, Xbox Series controllers. The parts are just sitting on the inside, and then you can kind of take apart the controller, you can take off the faceplate, uh, remove the housing. Essentially, you can just put the parts in a, a brand new controller if you wanted to, or mod it out, however you wanted to do. And the Elite controller is a little bit more difficult than that, um, so it's not as, at least from what I've noticed thus far, as versatile as the first Elite was, or repairs, which isn't a good thing to me personally. Um, if I can't end up replacing the uh, the, uh, the bumper buttons on my Elite version two, that would be unfortunate because we are also in a time period to where repair on hardware is becoming a big uh, point of conversation too, because companies like Apple, Microsoft has done it in the past too, where they will void your warranty out if you take your if you get service done in other places. If you don't go to them officially, um, they'll void the warranty out or um, whatever happens, uh, you could run into some, any, into, into some issues if it's not done directly through them. But with the Elite version two, again, they look to have fixed a lot of the problems that, uh, at least with the white Elite version two um, versus the black one that came out originally. And again, this was $189 when it released. This and the case and the port and that it came in. So you're spending about 190, almost probably pretty much 200 bucks for a high grade controller. That's the, that's the best way that I could put it. Now, I wanna use this for comparison because I know not, not a lot of people, not a lot of people look at it this way or are even interested, which, is under, which I understand also. This product is not for everybody. There's, this is for a certain audience who sees the value in this. But the same audience who sees the value in this should not have certain parts that break due to constant use and wear, especially when you're paying almost $200 for it. So I do see that as a problem. Now, I haven't had the same amount of problems that other people have been coming up. Oh, the controller's complete garbage and it always breaks and I got drift already. And look, man, Again, I openly admitted I dropped my controller a couple of times, and that's why my, one of my bumpers is broken, possibly, more than likely. But you also have to ask yourself, how hard are you being on your controllers? Now, I use this, I use this controller every day. I don't have any other controllers. That's another, another, another thing to take in, take in consideration. Instead of using one controller, I'm, you know, I'm taking the price of two, almost three controllers and using one, uh, which I typically get to come full use out of, right? Needless to say, I see, I see the value in the Elite controllers. I haven't had a terrible experience with it. Over the Elite version one, the Elite version two has been a significant upgrade. As far as the tension on the sticks that you can adjust, uh, as far as adapting the magnetic uh, sticks and the D-pad, um, the ability, the, the fact that it's easy to clean, the trigger locks, it, there's just so much that goes into this along with customizing and mapping it however you want that if it's worth it to you, you got some ducks to the side, you want a controller that you potentially don't have to replace, this would be a good option. But I can't be ignorant and say that just because I didn't have issues that other people didn't have issues. That wouldn't be fair to say, um, and it wouldn't necessarily be honest either. It, I don't feel like that would be intellectually being honest with you guys, right? So. With that, I do say, and I do believe that 
Xbox needs to either figure out the quality of their hardware quickly, or there won't be a market for this anymore at a certain degree, and at least not through Xbox, right? Because there are other people that you can get custom controllers through. And keep in mind, getting the getting custom controllers through these people, uh, whether you're controller freaks or whatever, whoever the case may be, you're still gonna spend about $200 for that controller. So it's like at the same point, is it, are they in the right market? Because technically speaking, the Elite controller is cheaper than you going to get a custom controller from a different place. Point blank period it is. Other thing too, is that typically with those places, they gotta get the controller, even if you do one customization to it. Like I tried it out one time, uh, I tried it out yesterday, they want you to pay $70 for the base controller and then pay like five bucks for this customization option, 10 bucks for this customization option. And these are just like colored thumbsticks and things like that. So those things add up very quickly and it, it gets pretty, you can spend a lot of money very fast. So all things in consideration with them releasing a white elite controller that supposedly is using better material. Uh, I'll be a judge of that myself because I did end up pre-ordering it. But, um, but if it's using better material, if it's a higher grade quality, the price dropped down to about was $129. I believe they dropped it down to core controller, $139. I think it's $129 uh, for the core controller that doesn't come with all the extra pieces. Honestly, that's something I know some people are like, oh, well, now you're taking away value from the controller. Why don't you just give everything with the controller? And to be real with you, man, the the price of two controllers for basically of a controller that's worth double that value. I think it's worth it at that point. Cause the price of ideally, at least for the price of two controllers, you're getting a one controller that can not only do a variety of different things, but should also last you quite some time. Again, you have to be your own judgment. If you haven't had good experience with controllers in the past, then I can understand why you'd be iffy about getting an elite version too. Again, $200 for a controller, $150 for a controller. That's a big ask. You know what I mean? Versus $60, you use it. If it breaks, it breaks. You get stick drift, you get stick drift. It is what it is because stick drift is an issue still, right? Again, can't pay $150 plus for, for something and I'm getting the same sticks that are getting put in regular controllers and then Nintendo puts in their Wii and their remotes. Like, Come on, guys. Like, what are we doing? Like, enter the Joy-Cons. Like, that just makes no sense. Because they all get joysticks and everything from the same place. But with all that being said, I personally do think that the white Elite version 2 was worth it. Uh, I wasn't looking. I'm not necessarily interested in a version 3 to where they're. I know I heard 3Bit talk about this a little bit last night on Xbox Ultimate, where he was kind of looking forward to all the haptics and everything. I don't want none of that. I think the controller is fine just where it's at. It doesn't need all the extra shit in it. Bro, like, I cannot imagine them adding extra shit to this. Do you, and like, guys, do you know what the haptics are made out of? You really want that in a $200 controller now? We're going to start hearing some stories about those haptics coming up at some point. Because that's, from what I know, it's made out of complete plastic. More options, more problems. Plastic hasn't been working thus far. And this is supposed to be a higher grade plastic. You know, you know when you get Tupperware and you're like, man, this Tupperware won't melt in the bowl. And then one day the Tupperware me um, fucking melts in the microwave. They're like, bruh, 
what it's supposed to be higher grade plastic what is what is going on it's like come on right guys what are we talking about but like like you just said pong like more you had more more options more issues bro let's get the base controller down first yeah let's get let's get stick drift out of the way first let's get the design of your bumpers to where again if you drop it on the floor or if you're just a little bit too difficult on the on the bumpers or whatever the case there shouldn't be a reason why one of the most identified issues is bumper is bumper issues that's not everybody dropping it on the floor or maybe it is i don't know but either way that should tell you that you do, should do something different again like we say here all the time beauty is in the eye of the beholder if you think it's something that's worth it to you I would, I would definitely say invest. I, I love the Elite controller. I swear by this. I cannot play with a regular controller. That's just me. I don't like playing with a regular controller since I've been playing. I'm more with hardcore it. than you then. I just don't. And, and it really is just because just of the options. But with yeah. that being said, I, I know you felt a little bit differently than me, Pong. Uh, and I know you probably more in agreement on the back end conversation that I was yeah. having right there yeah, 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 where sure. we, we, we do need to work on the base of our controllers before we continuously can do anything else right? right it's like we went from having decent controllers in like the playstation 2 gamecube era to having complete dog shit sometimes as far as it seems to me you know because it's like things it, it always it's like that saying where things were made better back in the day than they are now it seems like it keeps ringing more true today uh, the further we move into the future. But, uh, yeah, of course, because things are made to be replaced, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but. Things uh, are more complicated, too. Yeah, I mean, I do that give it true. that as well. So, Nick says steel. still is an elitist. Uh, no, I'm just, a, I just have an elite <laughs> control. <laughs> listen, listen Steel, when it comes to this, look, this is, this is disappointing to me um, on a couple different levels. Um, how long, when, when did the Elite 2 first launch? Remember? How long uh, I can look it up right now. Yeah, look it up, please. Um, it's disappointing to me from Xbox. Um, listen, I'm not going to pocket watch anybody. If people are into buying controllers all the time, hey, that's, that's you, man. You do you. I don't care about that whatsoever. There's a reason why Microsoft, specifically, because they are the kings of this, have continuously found new ways put out controllers and give you options to buy custom controllers and all this kind of stuff there's huge markup on this uh, product okay this accessory does not cost them uh anywhere near you know 150 200 to make okay by any stretch of the imagination especially this far uh along in its lifespan okay here's my deal we know the the version three is around the corner at some point. I think Fuzzy thinks it's next year, uh, holiday twenty twenty three. They're going to announce the elite. Um, whatever the case may be, you're going to come out after all these years of the elite two, all the problems. You're going to finally come out in twenty twenty two and say, "Hey, we've redesigned it. We're making sure now that they, you know, we're using better parts. That this is going to be." obviously more durable in a gamer's hands. We're going to relaunch the version two. We're going to give you a white. Uh, we're going to add this to design lab so you can add colors to it, all that stuff. But you're not going to add a share button, which is a part of your regular controllers now. You're not going to add a share button from the re redesign. That's number one. Then number two, you're going to offer this new version 
without all the parts, except for, you know, I know that you, you still get the triggers and that kind of stuff. And you can still um, mess with the sticks um, in this one, adjust the sticks. Um, but you're going to offer that and say, hey, we're going to give you 50 bucks off. And we're just not going to include the back paddles. We're not going to include the extra sticks, uh, all that stuff. You can buy that uh, separately. So now it's $129. Uh, but if you want a colored one, we're going to charge you 40 bucks. Look, they're making huge markup. It's a business. I get it. And again, I'm not going to pocket watch anybody. Just for me, I think at this point, still a better, more customer service friendly thing would have been come out with this thing at 99 bucks. Um, after all this time, drop the price of the regular Elite core, 2. Yeah, the core, 99. Yeah, the core, and then the core 130 for the full package. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it would just been a nice gesture after all the problems that have, people have had with the Elite 2 after this many years. Again, the cost has probably dropped production-wise for them. Again, I don't know for a fact, and maybe somebody out there could tell me, no, it's actually gone up because of everything going Listen, just for me, a goodwill gesture would have been come out and say 99 bucks for the core, and then, like Steele said, you know, 129 for the um, the fully upgraded one. And don't charge $40 to color the damn thing. Please stop. Stop. It's not $40. I know you can't mass produce the parts when you're doing colors. And obviously there's going to be some oddball colors that you're only going to see like a few people, a handful of people ever buy. But at the same time, to charge $40 for that just seems a little cash grabby on my my part. Uh, Again, I don't think I'm far off here in saying that the markup on these things is huge. They're making a ton of money. That's why they sell so many controllers. Again, that's why they put out custom controllers nonstop. Um, That's why you see people with collections of controllers because they have so many. Listen, all that's fine. I I just think the pricing right now, especially with Elite 3, probably around the corner at some point. um, I I just think they could have done better on the pricing point. Uh, Again, for me, I've looked at them. And obviously now that I play more multiplayer games, because I now have a large group of friends, including Steel, who play multiplayer games and we're all playing together, um, I have started looking at these and saying, do I really do it? Again, as a budget gamer, it's not as simply as like, yeah, I want one. I'm happy for everybody who can do that. It's not as simple for me to do that. So it is something that I have to decide on. I did get a Design Lab regular controller, when it first came out, I don't know if you can see it with my background, but I did get one made, but I had Microsoft reward points for that, right? So I, I used them up to get one. I just wish they were a little bit more friendly on this. And I know the other custom controllers are expensive, the scuffs of the world. I know all that. I, I've looked at them. So I do understand that they're kind of within that price point. I just think Xbox first party accessories, they did a great job with the headset steel. They put yeah. together a fantastic headset. Yeah, that's... Fantastic headset that actually, for the price point, gave you a lot of value. A lot of value. They now they added noise suppression to chat, so yes, now yes. it's even crispier. So right, exactly. And they, so so I just wish that this was the same uh, from that standpoint. So for me, that's the only thing I want to say about it. Again, I'm not pocket watching anybody. I don't ever tell you not to buy something. I don't care. I, again, if you got the money, go for it. Something that's value to you, it's value to you. I'm never going to tell you any different had that conversation about $70 price points. I'll call it out and say it's not right. That's what I'm doing here. I just think the price point's too high uh, on this version, and especially since they redesigned it and didn't include a share button. Everybody can say, well, that's a small thing you can program. You can do all. Listen, your regular controllers now come standard with it. 
Why would you not make the, the, the elite series controller come standard with it after you did a reason? It's because it's because they fuck honestly, it's because they fucked themselves up on that. Because the elite version two already has where the share button is at is where you yeah. use the customization options at. Sure. And it's like that's kind of that's kind of like a foresight thing. Like I do <laughs> Why not agree just with add you. Add another button, though. Still, come on, man. <laughs> but it's like at that point, it's like where do you put that button? Then at that point, just put them it's, side by side. It's for them to find. Yeah, ask for them to figure it out. But right, right. They my problem. They should have a dedicated share button. Like, I can see why. I can see why they did. Why they did do it like that, though. There could be some other places you could have added added that in on at on here somewhere or something like no, that. No, Doom, I but. Doom, I get it. I get all that. I, it's completely optional. I get all that. Yeah, I'm just saying that for their cost, I know they're making a killing. Again, there's a reason why they push so many controllers out into the wild. I mean, accessory you know, the, sell. The That's... clowns on the Sony side absolutely despise. They get triggered by it. Like, hey, we they they can't stand the fact that Xbox puts out so many controllers, right? There's a I mean, reason why they but do. Sony it. sells it, the most controllers, so it's like right, right, because their batteries <laughs> die. So, listen. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, that that's my only point. Again, it is completely optional. People yeah. don't have to do it. People do it. I just think that Microsoft could have cut a break at this point in the, the Elite 2's lifespan. I just expected more of a price break off of it. That's, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, Fuzzy, I, I 100% agree. I mean, again, for a lot of people, if you could find the core for $99 um, for the holidays, jump on that. You can find the Elite version too, yeah. $99 for the holidays. The other thing too, that I'll also admit here, live on air, because this isn't going to be something that everybody's going to care about or notice. The input delay is still not going to be the same as what you're getting out of your series controller. Unless they change some more of the internals of the Elite 2 controller, of the new core controller. they were updating that. They didn't update They that? updated it, but it's never going to be the same as the controllers that were specifically made for the series consoles. That, that for, that's not something that you can, because of how they designed the series controllers, that's just not, that's not something you could patch out. You can make, you can make it less and less. And for the older controllers, but you can't just get in there and be like, oh, it's fixed. That's not something you could just patch mm-hmm. in. Um, okay. The series controllers are always going to have a quote unquote input advantage over your okay. Elite Series 2 controller, unless they change something on the internal design of the Elite Series 2 for the core. That was one of the, I only say that because that's the one of the main things that I, that was the main complaint that I had when Xbox was swapping over into the series console generation and announcing all these updates. And Jason Ronald said that very, made that very same thing clear that the series controllers have a better input latency than any other controller on the series console. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Uh, again, it's not, and they ha- again, they have been patching it more. It's not something that I notice. I mean, again, I do use it a lot on PC, and I use it a lot on console. I, 2K, that stuff matters a lot uh, for timing and everything. I don't, I don't ever notice anything, and I play wireless when I play Xbox. So it's like the entire time, I haven't really noticed anything. So again, this is one of those things that's going to be something that's very minute. You know what I'm saying? So, uh. Dutch uh, may be offering a correction here. It says they changed the input lag on the Series 2 a while ago. It has a uh, ALLM now. Okay, that, I mean, that could be true, but 
to my belief, again, unless they figured it out or whatever, uh, the input is just won't be par for par. This is what I'm essentially saying. <laughs> so there's something to keep. There's something to keep in mind if you want to use that as some extra ammo for why you shouldn't get it. Uh, I mean, use it for that, but it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, uh, Six Slayer says they did, but the DLI firmware and the older pads, but it's still better on the series pads. Yeah, okay. that's 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 it. Again, it's not talking milliseconds be, here. Yeah, we're, talking milliseconds. We're not talking about something that's fucking. It's not astronomical. It's like, oh, it's gonna right. be three seconds. You're really gonna no. It's 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 literally nothing. But I wanted to make sure to uh, to notate that. But with that, uh, where do we where do we go from shout, here? Shout out to 108 Dragons Lemon dropping in here. Shout hey. out to Tool Man. Shout out to Dank Nate for dropping on in and saying hi. Appreciate you absolutely for dropping in here. Fuzzy, th- good to see you. Infinite Umbra, brother, great to see you. Jesse Beat, man, we got so many great people that love coming here every saturday with us i we love appreciate it. y'all shizno elite always great to see you sir you are in every single chat you already know um listen yeah we've got some great people here so where are we going next deal should we jump into the big stuff here yeah we'll jump not into so the big people. stuff for real quick um and again i just want to touch on this other quick thing before we get into the big thing, I'll let you lead that. Um, I know I mentioned earlier about the whole party chat update. Um, that party chat update for Xbox specifically, uh, because Xbox, if it's not Discord, Xbox has the best party service amongst the consoles. Um, but they did add in party chat noise suppression, and um, pretty much it. And then they also, there's another thing here. It says you could jump it right into a game from a friend's screenshot. Video capture? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that was a new feature they added. Damn. That's I didn't know that was part of that. Fuck. Uh that's pretty dope too, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I guess because if you're on the community I mean that does kind of support the community a little bit more, so that'd be dope. Uh and then Wandering Dutch says, and the reason for stick drift bumper issues 90% of the time is on the user excessive pressure and environment issues. Dust, animal, hair, food particles, the other 10% is faulty parts. Yeah, and I definitely get that, Dutch, but it's also different when this has been a known issue since the PlayStation 4, since the Xbox 360 era, you know, around that time. It's like towards the end of that, something changed in the manufacturing, and I I agree with you. Again, a lot of that is going to be up to the user, but at some point, at what point do you say, okay, maybe we need to use different parts or look at things differently if you're the joystick manufacturer. I, I'd really like to know, and I know Dutch Dutch takes apart controllers. Dutch, right. Dutch fixes controllers. That's, you know, side gig that he does. So, I mean, the guy sees the internals all the time. I just wonder how much it would actually cost different to make actual metal gears within the controller. That'd be fucking a lot. That'd it, be a lot. It, yeah, I would just be curious to see that, but on a mass-produced side of things, because those gears aren't very big, right, Steel? I wonder how much weight it would add and how much cost it would actually add to the controller. And I can't believe somebody hasn't tried to go to that versus, you know, those plastic parts, which, again, there's nothing that can be done. Plastic is going to wear no matter yeah, how no, reg- nice regardless. You are. Yeah, no, right, regardless. Yeah, no, regardless. It, yeah. But plastic is so unreliable when it comes to weak points because every piece of plastic can be yep. different. And so as you use it, somebody, one controller, again, I had one of the uh, Xbox One controllers, that, that Sonic Blue one, uh, the, the series controller, the Sonic Blue one that came out, I had that go out within 30 days, like 60 days. Like that's, and I don't, I'm not abusive to my controller. 
ever, like ever. I, I'm easy on controllers. So it's just strange how that you know works. Like some will go out really fast right. and others will last forever, right? Some people swear they still are using original Xbox One controllers at this point, right? That they have for years. So yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think at this point, instead of putting more stuff into the controllers, I think it's about figuring out ways to achieve the same thing with less, right? Having less clickiness, less, like just things that make it a little bit easier, right? Uh, like some of the things that Sick is alluding to there, yeah, where it's like less issue. Yeah, yeah so something like that. Okay, all right. Well, that's cool. That's good to know, Sick, because you are a tech guy as well. So I definitely trust you. Um, see, wondering Dutch says the circuitry parts haven't changed for any manufacturers. They're all touch sensitive nodes on the circuit boards. The clicking in the small rubber touch pads. Yeah, no, exa but exactly like you would imagine they want to start changing. I, they probably are looking at ways to change that, make it a little bit at least easier. But again, you would also imagine they probably have a success and it fail rate on those controllers too, to where it's like the margin on it is definitely leaning more on the positive end than it is on the negative end. Okay. And, and uh, see, that's why I love this community. You could throw stuff out there and you've got a bunch of people who know what they're talking. Dank Nate shows up and says, yeah, they need to start using hall sensors. Sega Dreamcast was the first to use it. I mean, yeah. come on. Listen, and then Fuzzy jumped in, said, looking looking at the cost in RC 4x4 driveling gears, and again, Fuzzy was in the auto parts manufacturing business. Uh, he has an idea. <laughs> for decades, so he has an idea on this. He says, looking at the cost of RC 4x4 driveling gears, internals would jump from pennies to $5. Yeah, okay, per, per controller, that, that's a yeah, lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's so, a lot. That could be a lot. I appreciate you all. Yeah, that's, a, that's an amazing, that's that's amazing thing. Community. But I, again, and. I know we're sticking to on the fucking controller subject for subject yeah, for a minute here, but at the at the same point, I just feel like it's it's an important subject to to continuously speak on and at least bring up and have an open conversation like this, so where we can kind of all come to an understanding why things are the way they are, what we can do to change driveline gears, um, why things are the way they are, and what we can do to possibly change that. Who knows? One of you guys might have that idea, or maybe these are some of the things that they're working on and looking at. And you, you know, you just want to let people know that the investment that they're making on something that you're touching every day, using that it's going to use. Because I could be honest and say that hey, when something doesn't act right on your control, it's frustrating, right? You can control it, get stick drift. That's frustrating. I mean, should you could tell me that hey, just go in, see, and that's the thing that you can fix stick drift on an elite controller by making your circle bigger. You can't fix elite stick drift in the other controllers because they don't give you the options as far as that goes. Which if they did, that could be another way they can alleviate some of that. They got things good a ways around it. So appreciate you, chat, for always showing up, man. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that was that was beautiful. But Paul, yeah. man. Yeah. Let's get into some. Let's get into the big stuff, man. What what's going on, man? What's what is the drama? What is the issue? Why is is Jim Ryan crying? Is he out here like? Oh wow, sad. Yeah, we, is he puppy dog I, I think tears? We can, what? I think we could permanently adopt that name at this point. Uh, to most people, you know, obviously just seeing the face value of it. Of course, of course. Yeah, this is now the soap opera. This is as. The ABK deal turns. That's where we're at with this. We've got public feuding now between Jim um, and uh, Phil, uh, which, again, you don't see very often. This does remind me of the height of the Sega Nintendo battles um, where there was this public back and forth between Zex 
Um, there was pettiness behind the scenes, like literally just crazy stuff going on. And this is now we're, we're at that point. This is so interesting. Again, it's all chess moves. A lot of game playing going on here. Um, there's a lot of drama uh, being built on purpose. Um, but uh, let's get down with this. So we all know because we talked about this. It feels like we've been talking about this for months now at this point, this, this ADK bit. and what's been coming out, right? It's been a few weeks here. Uh, you know, we got the Brazilian news. Um, that was the first kind of megaton uh, that happened where we got to see the comments behind the scenes, the answers that Sony gave to some of the regulatory uh, body in Brazil uh, to some of the questions they had concerning the ABK deal. Then we had Phil come out and uh, say, hey, uh, this was last week. Phil said that, you know, we've we've uh, we've offered them an extension three years uh, beyond their current deal, uh, which is more than most of the contracts in this industry. Um, Phil came out with that. And then GamesIndustry.biz, one of our favorite websites, Steel, we always pump these guys. GamesIndustry.biz is for if you want that real business side look at things. These guys do some great articles across the industry. But uh, Chris String uh, posted an article. They uh, got some comments from Jim Ryan about this, uh, which was shocking. Go watch Hogue, too. Uh, shout out to Hogue Law. If you guys aren't following Hogue, Please go follow him. Uh, you know, he does things. He does a true crime stuff. He does a bunch of things, but he obviously is a mergers and acquisition attorney. He loves video games. Uh, he's over on Season Gaming now as a permanent member on their BitCast. Uh, he does great work in this community, and he's been breaking all of this stuff down. And he broke down the fact that he thought that Jim Ryan probably shouldn't have said what I'm about to read in public, that this is not a good look at all. So, um, so. Let's get jump in this article again. Chris String uh, wrote this article. He's also on Twitter. Go follow him. He's posting stuff about sales, um, as far as sales numbers go, all the time. Um, really great dude to follow as well. Uh, so the article starts. Microsoft has promised to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for three years beyond the current agreement between Activision and Sony, says PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan. In a statement provided to GamesIndustry.biz. Ryan says the offer was inadequate on many levels, quote unquote. The disagreement between the two companies follows Microsoft's offer to buy Call of Duty publisher Activision Blizzard in a deal worth nearly $69 billion. The deal is currently being scrutinized by competition uh, competitions regulators with the UK regulator, the CMA, uh, concerned over the possibility of Microsoft withholding or degrading Activision Blizzard's content from other consoles or subscription services. Last week, Xbox revealed that it has provided it had provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation with feature and content parity for at least several more years beyond the existing contract with Activision. Xbox said this offer goes well beyond the typical gaming industry agreements. The current deal between Sony and Activision Blizzard around Call of Duty is believed to cover the next three releases including this year's Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. However, Sony says the offer fails to consider the impact on PlayStation gamers. Mm. Mm. I hadn't intended to comment. This is a quote from Jim Ryan. So, quote, I hadn't intended to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion, but I feel the need to set the record straight because Phil Spencer brought it into the public forum, Ryan stated. Well, Microsoft has only offered 
uh, only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony ends. After almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take an account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest Call Call of Duty experience, highest quality Call of Duty experience, and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. End quote. For more on the regulatory process over at Activision, Activision acquisition, click here. All right, I didn't need to read that. That was uh, <laughs> all right. Um, listen, ah, <laughs> um, uh, steel. Yeah. I haven't heard you talk about this this week. Um, this popped up um, later in the week, and um, it is crazy to me, Steel. This is, this is, everybody's correct when they say Jim Ryan throughout this whole process and Sony as a whole is being hypocritical. Here, okay? okay, Everybody has a right to say that. We all know the way that they do business dealings. You can talk all day long you want about, well, it's different when you buy a publisher than it is buying exclusivity or timed exclusivity for a single title. No, it's not because we're talking about a single title. Jim Ryan is hyper-focused on Call of Duty for a reason. This is a single IP, so it is no different. Um, well, it affects the market differently, Pong. Listen, it does, okay? But the fact is, is that Microsoft is not saying they're pulling the game. And for the Xbox side of gamers who are, you know, running victory laps claiming oh they're gonna pull it after this you know if they extended three years and after the three years it's going to exclusive to xbox none of that has been said here no 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 microsoft is now dealing on a regular as a regular publisher with another company you don't make forever deals in this industry most industries you don't make lifetime no, you deals. never know what to change you never know what's going to change in this industry. Now, sure, could one of the outcomes be that after that extension, Xbox, Microsoft would say, yep, Call of Duty is now exclusive? Of course, that's an option. They own the IP. They could do that. But all their other statements, including Brad Smith, they've said that they are treating Call of Duty just like Minecraft. Have they pulled Minecraft from everywhere? Nope, they certainly haven't. Has Xbox gotten... Uh, you know, ray tracing from Minecraft while everybody else doesn't get ray tracing. Nope, that hasn't happened, even though everybody's calling for it in the community. So there's precedent that's been set here, and their words, and again, I know they're just words, but they have stated in public that they're going to treat this the same way, that Call of Duty will remain on all places that it currently is, and in fact, they want to bring it to Switch, Nintendo's side as well. But you don't give up the goat out the gate. You don't sign some forever deal. No, you go back to the negotiations after that time frame has expired and you redo the deal just like you would with any other title as a publisher. Well, Xbox so, would be dumb to do that anyway, Pong. There's so much right. money left on the table. Right, correct. That- and that's also true. That's also true, Steele. That's true. That is. That's a fact. Listen, Call of Duty is the small... It's big because we all gamers know it because it's one of the biggest franchises in the industry, if not the biggest. We all understand it's important. But in the entirety of the ABK deal, Call of Duty is one small slice to why Microsoft and Xbox are making deal. They have much bigger plans, Steel. You and I both know this. We've talked about it here. 
Bill isn't lying when he says that King is the most important part of this deal to them because of the mobile side of things that they're trying to get into to reach 2 billion, 3 billion people. And then he says Blizzard is second for the PC side of things. Of course. Uh, he's not lying when he says that. Call of Duty is one little piece deal. But let me get your thoughts on this deal. You hear Jim Ryan now taking this public. Again, Hogue said from his point of view, which he's an attorney in mergers and acquisitions, that this was probably not good, that you don't want to do this. It seems to me that Jim Ryan is now trying to uh, negotiate or litigate uh, in public, which is not good to a deal this size when you're trying to position yourself as the victim in all of this, when everybody knows who you are as PlayStation, that really comes down to you worried about your number one status and worrying about the future because you know the future does not include consoles at some point and you know that you right now have nowhere near the infrastructure resources to compete on that level in that digital space. But for you, Steele, when you heard Jim come out and do this publicly and say that it was inadequate on many levels, that raises even more questions to me. But for you, Steele, what did this speak to? What, what did you think? Is, is Jim flat out being overly dramatic, crying, trying to look like the victim in all of this? Or is there more to it from your side of things? Do you think there's some business to this? It's all business. Um, at the end of the day, there is no other element to this. It's all business. They're just kind of going back and forth. They're just causing smoke with each other. They're not dumb. They're probably sitting down. There's people sitting down. Maybe not on this weekend because it's the weekend, man. But they're going to get back in on Monday. Jim's going to get into the office. He'll be like, all right, man, what other uh publicity stunts do you guys want me to do to make this deal continuously look more juicy, to make this whole thing seem like it's a bigger issue than what it really is? Um, or, which is the, this is the other side of it. And this is probably the one that I align with a little bit more, um, because from everything that we're hearing and everything that we're seeing, it seems like the 70, 30 flip, um, is what I will call it because that's essentially what's going to end up happening. When this deal goes through, no matter who who's owns it or whatever the case, well, in this case with Microsoft owning it, Microsoft is going to be the one getting that 70, uh, 70 split versus Sony getting the 70. Now, does that, is that 40% difference for them really hurt them? Is that what they're blatantly admitting to us? That, hey, you know, we really need that 70 because that's what we use to cut some of these other deals or that's how we get exclusive content. That's how we got that exclusive Harry Potter mission is because we got this 70 split from Call of Duty. And since we're seeing that money, you know, I can I can invest a little extra. You know, it's like a it's like you sell you selling uh, you sell a little weed, man. You know, you had a little extra pack on you or something and, you know, you sold it for a good price. Nothing but profit for you. But. <laughs> it's the best it's the best example man he's it's like it's, it's a drug it's definitely a drug dealer mentality that you got to kind of put into it a little bit but then so there's those there's those two extremes right and the only reason why i lean more towards the side of them looking at call of duty as more than is because they've made it seem like it is uh, is that there's a statement um at least from this vgc article that i'm seeing that the impact is likely to be felt especially at the launch of the next generation of consoles like what are we talking about 
again, we're talking about the future. So we're now we're having even more future conversation. And I know uh, it's not it may not be the FTC's job or whatever the case might be. And I know the CMA looks at these things a little bit differently and they try to uh, look out and see and, and, and make those predictions and everything. But you still don't know that Call of Duty in three years from now could be garbage. After Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty could fall off a cliff. Well, what else are they going to do after Modern Warfare 2? Make Modern Warfare 3? That wasn't a very good Modern Warfare to me, personally. So they're going to make remake. Again, you're, they're already going down this remake path. So it's like, and we are all, and we as consumers are having problems with that. As you've seen with like games like Last of Us, it's, it's like you're falling down that same hole. So when these type of statements that they come out and there's nothing else being talked about again like you mentioned we know that the deal is so much more than just call of duty again there's blizzard that's in there that's war world of warcraft that could possibly come in that could be the fix for final fantasy uh 14 not being on um our side of the spectrum as far as xbox goes where you get a world of warcraft available on all wherever game pass is wow not only do you revive World of Warcraft a little bit more, um, but you also have a constant consumer base who would be willing to play that game, right? Um, because of how popular it is. Again, it has another; it's another one that has that type of power. Call of Duty is just one. It's it's just one part of that conversation. And if it's really that big of an issue, it's it's like you're essentially telling me that you're in in more in deeper dire straits than anybody could figuratively imagine right because i don't know the businesses of sony i do know that sony is not very diverse in any other section of their business i know that sony is not doing as well on the tv side of things i know that sony isn't selling cd players or uh stereo systems as much as they were previously this is in the 90s. This is in the early 2000s. Nobody's buying your speakers like that. There's other options. There's better options. There's your quality only speaks so far nowadays in your games. Oh, is that going to carry over into your electric car too? Does that carry over into your insurance business too? Is that is that where that quality is all over there? I mean, you got to pick something. Again, it's like the conversation that people are honestly having is that your people are afraid of Microsoft because Microsoft is the bigger, it's the bigger buck, right? Two trillion dollar company, three trillion dollar company. That's I uh, will probably be here soon. How do you compete with that? Uh, if if you're Sony, and especially when the the person that you considered as your competitor who you tried to demolish or make sure that people understood that that was lesser value came out and doubled, not only doubled down, but made the biggest acquisition in gaming history and in their company's history. How do you fight back against that? What can you do that can have equal measure to that? And if you're only using, if we're only using, because we're going to keep talking about Call of Duty, because it's the only thing that gets brought up anytime these conversations happen. And it's still, open, which is understandable. Still, well. still, I'll answer that question for you. And this is a big conversation, so I apologize for breaking in. No, you're good. This is a big conversation. I'll answer that question. 
if I'm Jim Ryan, I double down on my studios. I'd start making the IPs that I used to make because again, you don't need a Call of Duty per se that big to replace what you're losing if they decide to pull it from your your console, your ecosystem. You don't need that Call of Duty. What you need is a quality shooter that the, your that your fans can go to and play and enjoy and you can sell 10 million copies of. That's what you need. That's what they and need, but they the don't studios. have that. They don't but, have right, it. but that's what you do. You double to answer your question, what do you do? You double down on what your best asset is, which is the talent that you have acquired in-house that you have developed for decades in-house that makes some of the best, most beloved games from first parties. And you go to them and you say, guess what? We're going to go higher. We're going to double your sizes. We're going to expand and we're bringing back some of the old IP. And you guys need to learn how to make a quality shooter again. And guess what? We've got one of the best teams to help us in Bungie now, in-house. And we can go make a shooter. We don't expect it to sell 50 million copies, 30 million copies a year. All we need to make is a good shooter for our fans from a first party, one of our first party teams. And you find out which one wants to do it. And you go that route, Steve. You double down on what made you the, the leader last gen. Double down and you trust that talent to go produce something. That's what you do, Steve. And I, I saw uh, Fahim make the point, uh, the point is Call of Duty can't be replicated, and that's fine. It doesn't have to be replicated, but whose who's problem is that? That Microsoft's problem? Is that Amazon's problem? Is that nope. Google's problem? Whose problem is that? No. Nope. Because who's going to own Activision Blizzard? Right. It, that, that doesn't... I, so my biggest thing about all this, if you're saying that, then you're oh, blatantly admitting that Microsoft is going to win the console generation. You're blatantly admitting that people are going to switch over. That's what you're admitting. If you're saying that, oh, it will, nothing can replace Call of Duty. Okay, if nothing can replace Call of Duty, then you are admitting that people, there's going to be 100 million people who just go out and buy Xboxes. Right? No, that's not going to happen. People are going to play in the ecosystem they're currently in. Now, if you end up having better value, we're not, nobody's going to see what that value is actually going to do because Microsoft is still taking a gamble. Whether these games come out on Game Pass or not, them putting those games on Game Pass could hurt them, right? Why There is such a saying as you spending too much money. Microsoft is spending a lot of money to make this successful or to try to make this successful, because we don't know if this is, sure, me and Paul talk about it all the time, yeah, it would work for us, but is it going to work for the masses? We don't know yet. We have what? We have not even 100 million people subscri subscribed to gaming subscription services. I'm not, I'm not including Amazon or, or Google or Stadia or Luna. I'm not, I'm not including those numbers. I don't know what those numbers are, and I doubt that they're that high. So we can, we can, if, if we can clear up those numbers, cool. But I would, I would jump on a limb and say that, look, I don't think there's 100 million people invested in the game subscription services. So there's nothing to say that, oh, this works, where you can look at a Disney or a Netflix and say, hey, well, well, this is working for this audience. 
gaming has always been different in that way. And we don't know if this whole push further into the, because this, that's the other thing that people have to face too, is that, and that's why Sony's having a problem. Part of their problem is we're going more towards the digital direction. What other issues can also arise from us going that direction? Ownership, right? We so we're having still a problem with that. That can be another big conversation that ends up happening. It puts a huge wrench, monkey wrench, into everything, which could put things on hold. Again, there are other conversations where, hey, if anything that Sony is saying gets into anybody's mind and this gets called up in court, this deal could last who knows how long. There's so many things that can get mixed up and, uh, you know, jammed together and go different routes. We don't know. It's all a gamble. And if everybody, if all everybody is doing is basing things off of a gamble, off of one game, mm-hmm. no matter if it's can't, if you feel like it can't be replaced, guess what? Fortnite replaced it. Roblox mm-hmm. replaced it. Minecraft replaced it. No, it's not necessarily the same thing. Genshin Impact replaced it. Tower Fantasy is replacing it. MMOs have replaced it. That's why Sony's investing in 10 games as a service by 2025. Because they know. There are other games. It doesn't have to be a it's not, it doesn't have to be a first person shooter. I can guarantee you what PlayStation is seeing from Final Fantasy 14 can rival what they're seeing from play uh, from Call of Duty. If it's not more. Honestly, because you have to pay monthly for that, right? You have to pay monthly to, par- to stay part of that. I don't think Call of Duty is their biggest moneymaker. Yeah, overall. because Call of Duty could definitely be their biggest moneymaker, but they have, my point with that, though, is that they have other things that yes. are also, they have things that they see that works. So you, so saying that, oh, Call of Duty, oh, well, why don't you say, oh, well, what about my Final Fantasy fourteen? Oh, well, how about my Gran Turismo? Oh, how about my, what else do you have? Why didn't you work on these things? Why are you in a business and not looking into the future? Maybe you were, maybe you weren't. Who's to say? Maybe VR is the play. Maybe you guys see something that I don't see or I am not personally invested into. Because there are people like my brother, for an example, who got his hands, who had a buddy who uh, let him play around with the Oculus Quest too, And he's like, Dude, I, I I actually I don't like this shit, bro. And he's he's five years younger than me. That doesn't sound like titanium. No, it doesn't just sound. use your normal voice because you guys just use my voice. Like. Just use my <laughs> normal, normal voice. But but he's he's five years younger than me. If it has that type of effect on that audience blatantly, because it's obvious that it, it works like that on the younger audience because of what they were grown, what they were exposed to as they were growing up. So if that is going to be a viable option, then maybe they're going a different direction. Who knows? Their investments are in other places. But a lot of this is just semantics. This is exactly, all it is, is exactly what me and Pong wanted, is just them giving each other smoke, PlayStation trying to tie things up to cause a big of an issue for Microsoft as they can because they understand how business works, whether it's, call, it's about Call of Duty or not. At the end of the day, I don't think that PlayStation looks at it that way. I hope not. Because then you might as well they might as well say they're admitting defeat. And then I see people go on these tirades of bringing up, I know you said, oh, they can go in their older IPs and bring these games back. No, they can't. Those games came out. 
Nobody's asking for those. The people that are 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 the hardcore audience. I don't know if those games would work today. A lot of them won't. They could, you could bring it back a SOCOM. Somebody made a good point about SOCOM. SOCOM would work in some asset, in some facet. That shit would be like Gears of War. It would have its player base. It's not something that would blow up, become this whole thing, unless they took more of like a Fortnite approach where you have custom characters in there. Because that's the other thing we got to realize. More further we move into the future, you have games like this, the more that people want to represent themselves in the game. But what are you doing to, because that's the other thing that these games are doing successfully. They're tying in with pop culture and that's how you pull people's attention. Why, you, why do you think Fortnite releases characters the way that they do? Because if you didn't see Batman this time, well, six months from now, when we re-release Batman, you might see it then and you might buy it. Fortnite almost got me to buy Goku and Vegeta in a game that I don't play. Just because they were there. Because I never thought that that would be potentially possible. That you could have so many different characters in one game. That's like the imagination of my childhood just completely ballooned out. Smash Brothers was the only other thing that was comparative to that. Now we've got shooters that do that same thing. It's the definition of insanity. So people have a different expectation. Again, if this is what is going to continue to go on, then and a Call of Duty is going to be the main thing that gets continuously brought back up, then I just want people that then I expect to see 100 million people swap over to Xbox after this deal closed. And if that doesn't happen, then I don't <laughs> think that Call of Duty is as big as people are trying to make it seem or Call of Duty is big enough to work out the deal that's being worked out now. Where Phil is like, hey, give it to you for three more years. You got to do what you do. Within that time, three to five years, people are going to decide whether what ecosystem they're going to be a part of. No, people aren't going to leave their games behind. But at the same point, well, if you don't want to leave your games behind, you don't want to invest in this ecosystem, then you're going to pay $70 for the game. Because that's the way we're going. Hmm. The point is value now. Microsoft giving it to you. At the end of the day, nothing is going away. Nothing is changing. Other than, of course, money changing hands. Yeah, one side's going to get more than the other side got. But that's what they were happening, what was happening previously. And it's not Microsoft's problem to fix Sony's issue of them not having something in place or some type of service to make sure that they were ready for where they are currently at in the gaming industry. You decided to double down on single player games. And now you found that you have a very lacking area and that Call of Duty is the one thing that you can depend on to continuously bring people back. Again, are you telling me that once this deal goes through that 100 million people are just going to instantly swap over to Xbox? That's the question that I have. It's going to bleed. That's what it's going to do. That's all that's going to happen. I steal newsflash, newsflash, and you said it there towards the end. Newsflash to Jim Ryan. It's not Phil's job to care about your gamers. It's no. not Phil's job to do that. It's not Xbox and Microsoft's job to care about your gamers. You certainly didn't care or think about the Xbox gamers when you signed exclusivity deals. 
You certainly didn't sit back and go, Oh, it's not oh, the it's not I, the I, same pong. I'm taking I'm taking I'm taking Street Fighter off of Xbox. And I feel really bad for those Xbox gamers. It, it's who not the same do, pong. Sony funded is, that and it is exactly the same. They made it sure exactly. that a Street Fighter if they didn't do that pong, Street yeah. Fighter wouldn't have got made pong. Okay, what about Final Fantasy Seven? Final Remake. Fantasy Seven Pong, if Sony yeah, wouldn't have funded it, it wouldn't have got made pong. <laughs> it was traditionally on a on a uh-huh. PlayStation console pong. Uh-huh. Okay. See, seven right. was on PlayStation uh-huh. One. So it has to be on only on PlayStation this time, Pong. Yep. That's what you, you're yep. you're making. You know what you're doing, Pong. You're making yep. these uh, insequential comparisons. Okay, <laughs> they're not even the same, Pong. It's macroeconomics, deal. It's macroeconomics. Point. Listen, it is the same. You didn't care about Xbox gamers. Okay, you never care about Xbox gamers. It's not your job, Jim, to care about Xbox gamers. It's your job to make Sony stock price go up at the end of the day. That's why you're in the position you are in. It's no different than what Phil's position is. Just because Microsoft happens to be a bigger corporation does not mean we get to call foul just because they're going, they're able to make this kind of purchase and you on your side are not able to make it. This is competition. No, they can't make a seven. That, that Sony would never be able to make a seventy no, billion. No, no, they purchase. would not be able to. No, and it's not. It's not Phil's and Xbox's job to make sure that you guys stay in the number one position at all. It's not their job. In fact, the fact that they even offered you an extension on the current deal is beyond the norm for somebody who happens to be your main competitor. It is not Xbox and Microsoft's job to make sure that you feel comfortable, Jim, going forward, and that your gamers are all tucked into bed nicely each night. That's not how this works. That is not business. Phil already has made it clear. He wants a healthy industry. He is not out to kill off Sony PlayStation, unlike Sony PlayStation has been out to kill off others in the past, if they could. But Paul... Hold up. So Sony puts up the money for Street Fighter, but making yeah. it exclusive to them is a problem? How is that the same? It is the same because Microsoft is putting up the money to own an IP. Same thing. Same thing. Same side. It's, it, but Sony doesn't it's own a, Street Fighter, Paul. It doesn't matter. Microsoft has more money than Sony. They can buy IPs like that. And it doesn't change the game. It doesn't change the business. It doesn't change the industry from how it works. Microsoft is in a better position. Listen, you woke the sleeping giant up. But they could you guys have. knew this yeah. all along. Yeah. You had hoped to kill off Xbox. There is no doubt that you wanted Xbox out of this business. Yeah, you wanted to see you wanted to show that there was no reason to compete. Stop. Correct. And now that they okay. came back, they changed the entire game. They changed all the rules that you created. Again, Steele and I talked about this. Sony wrote the rules for a lot of the industry. These companies like Capcom that signed these exclusivity deals really were left with no choice. Again, they weren't forced. They weren't locked up in a basement somewhere and going to get shot if they didn't sign the deal. That's not how it goes down. But if you didn't sign a deal with Sony, there was going to be repercussions. And they all knew this. Now that Xbox, Microsoft backing Xbox, has come back, made a whole new set of rules with xCloud, with Game Pass, with moving forward into the digital age, which we know is happening. Sony knew this was going to happen. Sony just decided that they had more time, and they rested on that throne. 
They rested on the throne. They decided that third-party publishers and developers could take care of all their needs, and they could simply focus on one style of game. Sony, back in the day, made tons of different games. We all know this. Mm-hmm. They, they, they themselves made the decision as the number one market leader, as the mindshare leader, again, Nintendo, not disrespecting, it is what it is. But as that leader, they decided they could sit back, relax, make the games that they wanted to make, and everybody else, like the Activision Blizzard of the, of the world, would just come to them and cut deals with them and supplement their income because they were the biggest thing going. And they were the biggest name in gaming. But now that the giant has awoken and the giant much larger larger bank account than you, because the giant is making different deals out there, now you're going to cry foul. Now it's not fair. You can't maintain your number one spot. You're potentially in danger of losing your number one spot long term because you know where this is going and you know you're not in a position because you neglected all the back end stuff. You started out, you created PS Now before anybody. You started out, you had the chance, you bought Gaikai for $300 million. You did all that in preparation, but then you looked at it and said, nah, we're doing okay. We don't have to put a whole lot into it. Nah, we're okay. We'd rather do VR. Cool, awesome. VR might be the future, Steel, and I've talked about that. Mm -hmm. VR might be the right play, but you decided to invest elsewhere instead of what you knew was coming because you had already succeeded and you had already written all the rules. So now you're upset. This was a bait, Steel. I truly believe this. The more that I talk about this, the more that I keep rereading this. Right. I, I truly believe that the attorneys at Microsoft, and again, the attorneys at Microsoft are used to dealing with regulatory bodies across the world in all sorts of cases. This is a worldwide company, one of the biggest companies in the entire world. These attorneys are used to this. They knew how this regulatory process is going to go down. Brad Smith is a genius when it comes to this stuff. He knows how this is going to go down. They were prepped for this. I truly believe that Phil bringing up that agreement that he sent Sony and Jim was a bait to get Jim to do exactly what he did, to come out and make public statements that he probably should not have made. It puts Sony in a very bad light because they're backing themselves further and further into a corner. They are now so hyper-focused on Call of Duty, ignoring the rest of the deal. And Microsoft has already said, we're going to concede Call of Duty. We don't care about Call of Duty. We're going to go ahead and keep it, and we're going to expand it. We're going to move it to Nintendo. That when the regulatory bodies are educated by Microsoft and Xbox in the second phase, and Microsoft and Xbox, now it's open warfare. Now Microsoft and Xbox are going to show the regulators who know nothing about this industry how this all actually works. And they're going to be able to pinpoint every single thing that Sony has done without consideration for Xbox and the Xbox gamers. Because that's business. They don't have to. But they're going to point out every single one of those hypocrisies that Sony has and say, look, this is the position we've been in for a very long time. This is where the industry is going. We've made plans to move forward with the industry. We're giving access to more gamers than ever before at a greater value than it's ever been seen in this industry. We are opening up this industry. We don't want closed ecosystems. 
We want open ecosystems. All of that that we've talked about, Steel, that's how they're going to educate these regulatory bodies. And now Sony's painted themselves into this corner that it's just Call of Duty. It's just Call of Duty. I Microsoft mean... Will, Microsoft will concede Call of Duty, Steel. Can't they fault them. Can't fault them right. for that. But it's like, they, you can concede it, but you can't concede how much you're making off of it, though, right? No, um, no, but it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter to the regulatory bodies at the end of the day, Steel, because that's not what yeah. the regulatory bodies are there for. Yeah. They're not there to keep Sony at number one. And no exactly. matter what they say publicly... That's when the rules come down and they look at this deal. That's why this deal goes through no matter what, because they're not there to secure Sony's number one spot. They're there to make sure the competition remains fair. Sony has the ability and they started by putting out their PlayStation plus premium. It is their decision to not do day and date. It's their decision from the past when they stopped making all these other types of games and focused on one type of game and put themselves yeah. in this position now, their position that was their yeah. decision. That's not Microsoft and Xbox's decisions. No, just like, it, just like it was Xbox's decision to go the route of Game Pass, like to right. go this route, to, to right. show you that there is another way for you to have accessibility, for you to be able to play more games that you've ever played before. That, that's the fact of the matter. Correct. Whether you want to realize that or not, the more people that do realize that, we realize that because we're part of the inner circle. The more the outer circle, which is the three billion people, the more that they realize that same thing, that's the fear. I just did a little bit of number crunching and came up with, between Call of Duty Mobile and the regular Call of Duty, they're making about anywhere, they're making over $2 billion a year. Put that, yeah, um, no, just Call of Duty. Just Call of Duty over. Sony's profits are over $200 million a year from from Call of Duty. So, if Call of Duty itself is making about $2 billion, Sony's seeing a a profit of about $200 million, that profit's going to get down to, that's the 70% cut. They're about to get the 30% cut. You can kind of understand why they're like... I think think this may be a problem, ladies and gentlemen. We were seeing a lot of money over here, you know? You're telling me that the consumer is going to spend money with me and my uh, competitor is going to get that dollar? Why, yes, Sony. That's how it's going to work. Unless, how about that crossplay tax? You want to you knock that down? Correct. Oh, well, hey, let's do 50-50 then. Because it's Call of Duty, right? You know what? Maybe we do 60-40 your way. Why not? Why not? Yeah, that's what you wanted, right? No, we can't do 70. That's just not. But we'll do 60-40 with you because it's Call of Duty. It's not that big of a deal. We'll take we'll take a little bit of a loss on that. But we have whatever Diablo 4 blows up into something un- that's undescribable. Diablo Immortal did. So apparently there's an attraction to Diablo. I know people want to make it seem like, oh, Diablo. Hey, Diablo made a billion dollars in his first month, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Could, I could be. I know, I know Diablo Immortal made a God yeah, amount of it made a God yeah. amount of money its first month out. So and the thing that people the people that people forget to steal that Call of Duty was already going away from its yearly release. Yep. Activision was already planning on moving it, so the value drops down. What? What? Wait, so this deal doesn't go through. Activision Blizzard says, hey- 100 million, sorry. To, Not a billion, 100 yeah, million. 100, uh, yeah, 100 million. Uh, Activision Blizzard 
said comes out, this deal doesn't go through. They stay on their own. They say, look, we can't support Call of Duty every year. We cannot continue to do this, which they've already stated in public, this, that this was not sustainable for them. So they say, hey, we're going to a two or three year cycle with Call of Duty. Is Jim going to go and sue Activision Blizzard and say, no, you got to keep pulling out Call of Duty yearly because no. it makes us money every year. We got to have that yearly release. You can't no. do that. You can't do that. No. Of course not. The value of Call of Duty was already on its way down to Sony because it wasn't going to be a yearly release anymore. And we have proof of well, that. Well, it, it could have. It might have still been if it things would have stayed the same. But not to the point of that once a year where we get those initial sales, right, Steele? It's, right. it's that initial six months of sales that Call of Duty generates every single year because that's what they were doing, right? That was what drove Activision stock price. That's what drove Sony's money every year was that yearly release. Yes, there'd still be income coming in because, of course, they're going to support it, but it's not that once a year hit, right? That That's what really is going to be missing from this. So the value drops off, and we already know that some of the studios, Steel, I think we talked about it last weekend too, the rumor is that Infinity Ward has already broken off a part of their team working with ex-Bioware people to create a brand new first-person shooter RPG. Activision Blizzard was already thinking about the future, right? They already saw that they could not sustain a yearly Call of Duty release having, God knows, thousands of people, you know, working their butts off crunching to get the call of duty games out on that kind of pace anymore it just was not going to work so the value already is down for sony from call of duty again this is a bigger play for microsoft and xbox the fact that jim wants to keep crying about call of duty does nothing but make them look bad to your point steel originally and what i said too on other shows was that are you literally coming out jim and saying that you're in such a dire strait that if you lose Call of Duty, you are scared for the future of PlayStation. Is that what you're honestly saying? You're honestly saying that you don't have the talent in-house to create a game. It does not have to hit as well as Call of Duty because it's not going to be multiplayer. It's going to be first party. It's going to be PlayStation and PC. Are you honestly saying you don't believe you have the talent to create a game like that? That's... That's what he comes off like with these types of comments. Yeah. It is that we are so scared. And I I still think that a lot of this is dramatic. I think a lot of this is Jim protecting his business. He doesn't care what we think. He doesn't care what journalists think. He doesn't care about any of that. He's protecting his business, which I totally have said from the beginning, I would do the same. Any way possible to trip up this deal, if he gets it locked up into one court, anywhere in the world, if he gets it locked up in one court, it could literally stall this deal for years, okay? Which would give him time to make adjustments. So I would do the same, but I do think that there's another part of it that is concerned because Sony stock has already lost a ton of value, Yeah. okay? And if they lose any more, there's already people, I guarantee it, there's already companies out there looking at Sony. They're already looking at that stock price and they're already licking their chops. And if that stock price drops again because Call of Duty does go exclusive or because it goes into Game Pass and we do see a seismic shift of people moving over to Xbox and that stock takes another hit, the vultures are going to be circling steel. They're going to be circling hard. Sony is still a valuable, valuable name everywhere across the world. 
there you talked about seventh most popular brand in the world most recognizable brand yep. in the world right steel period yep. most right period. there will be companies out there amazon's apples who knows who else that will start looking at sony as a a potential takeover and they don't want that either so he's doing everything in his power to prevent that from happening but he spit in phil's face publicly here that's what he did with these statements he publicly spit he said you're offering us something that's not good enough even though xbox and microsoft are going to be able to show the regulators that this was a deal that normally is never made like this that they normally these contracts don't get extended like this they're going to show that what they did was offer something that is abnormal within this industry because the regulatory bodies have to look at this from the simple fact that it is a publisher and a competitor but a publisher first offering another company a better deal than is normally had elsewhere and so that puts them in a worse light as well because he ripped up the contract spit in phil's face and said nope not good enough for us well what do you want jim you want to you want a contract in forever because that's not going to happen in this industry phil said it himself we don't even know what call of duty is going to look like five years from now we don't even know what this industry is going to look like five years from now things could have totally changed a competitor could have come along and blown the doors off call of duty battlefield under Vince Pella and all the changes they're making could all of a sudden come out and be the greatest first person shooter in history and all of a sudden Call of Duty is no longer number one so what does that mean to sign a forever deal yep. you don't know what's going to happen down that far so to, to give them a, a total of six years of guaranteed Call of Duties on their PlayStation is well beyond the norm is well beyond the norm at this point so Jim just comes off as absolutely it looks horrible that's why hoag said i don't think i would have told him to do this publicly it's not a good look this is this is not good you're trying to negotiate and litigate in public and that that never works out ever because it, it, again when they get down and dirty they find out the facts about this industry they found out the facts about how everything works they're going to look over at jim and be like why were you talking like this what were you doing in public and you know have a different light on his opinions that that's what's going to come out of this deal uh yeah i mean again we'll we'll see how things continue to play out it's always fun uh to have these discussions though about it because again for me it's the one thing that has really been missing from gaming um it's that competitive edge there hasn't necessarily been a reason to and that's what a lot of people have been kind of scared of more so well that's what i think people are more so scared of um is the is the fact that things have become kind of monotonous, right? Um, which you can find in one place, you can kind of find here. A lot of games are for third party, so you get your console, you're still playing these same third party games in these places. There's not much content that kind of speaks for itself, which is also why Sony gets held in such a high regard in Nintendo, um, because they do have content that is exclusive to their ecosystem, uh, to and that's you know Smash Brothers. We everybody wants a clone of that somewhere. Um, Sony, you want a third person action adventure, over the shoulder story driven, uh, mature game, and now you you know you want those on Xbox. And we've had some of those. Um, Hellblade being one, although it wasn't the first game, wasn't originally on Xbox. We can really say that this second game is going to be a one hundred percent Xbox product, but. So there are titles that are like that that are coming out, but you do have to 
And that's the other thing too, is like nobody's saying that those games have to go anywhere, that they have to die, that Sony only has to make service-based games to live on, no. But if they don't figure out how to do both in the same way Microsoft had to figure out, hey, we only have five studios, what can we do with this? Five to six studios, what can we really do with this in 2017 and prior? And Sony had more. Sony has had 10 Sony, I know for sure, has always had more than Microsoft has had. Sony has also been in the business a lot longer than Microsoft has been as far as gaming specifically, being in the living room, and giving the people something, uh, a console gaming experience. To where now, oh, Microsoft trying to blend that, as we've seen from like the Power On document things and uh, things of that nature, to where they're trying to blend that fine line. Hey, you got, here's your entertainment system. Oh yeah, we try to do it with the Xbox One and, and give you Connect and, on and Connect, as, as unsuccessful as it was for the people, it is, it does have life in other markets. A lot of people don't realize that, but Connect is doing well uh, outside of console gaming. So, and then to go from the entertainment side of things to a realign that focus on gaming first and then entertainment second, and then just trying to tie you in. Cause at the end of the day, Microsoft wants to tie you into the windows ecosystem. And the easiest way to do that is they want you to tie, tie you into the Azure servers. Well, into, to the Azure servers, which is part of the windows ecosystem, <laughs> which is part of the Microsoft entire ecosystem. Right. Uh, right. So it's just like a, it's like a door that leads into another door that leads into a trap door um, that's housed with a limitless amount of server blades. So, and you, that's the, that's the dungeon. You don't want to be down there for whatever reason. It is extremely neat and cleanly and cleanly down there. But, um, there may be some weird monster um, hiding around the corner, ready to eat you up and turn you into an Xbox series server blade. But no, um, so there could be that type of thing that's going on, but it's just, you see one side is a little bit more, they've anticipated a little bit better than their opponent has. And this is going to end up being a boxing match. I can't wait to hear a little bit more about this, uh, where this is going to go. Because Pong, like you mentioned, if it is one of those things to where Phil Spencer said these things to kind of draw out Jim uh, to say certain things. Hey, man, again, if anything, that just shows me that Phil knows what it takes. He wants to. Because the other thing that does... Well, the attorneys do. Too, well, the attorneys sure. do, for sure. Um, but the other thing that does, too, is that lets me know, again, uh, to Microsoft, that they do still kind of want to play that... Like that, uh, that, that ploy, right? They kind of want to finesse you mm -hmm. into it a little bit. Hey, yeah, we need you guys. We love you. You know what I'm saying? Like, come make games, man. We want you to make games. We want you to be here. Uh, it's kind of the same thing they've done with Apple, which is, again... Yeah. Uh, I'll continue to say I, I'm, I'm waiting for Apple to really turn turn around and give it that kickback. But it would just, it would just, <laughs> yeah, it would be crazy to see something like that happen. And for the people in the chat, I see a lot of people, you know, like she's doing stuff talking about, you know, but Phil seems to take it. Phil's got this nice guy, and he's got to drop that. I agree with you. I, again, if I was Phil, I would have been cutthroat a long time ago. But the long play here, the long uh, play yeah. here, is that Phil understands and again microsoft understands yeah. they are not across the globe we all know microsoft's history with regulators right we all know the fights that they've had we all know the old bullying microsoft they understand that in this day and age 
they have to position themselves as much as possible as the nice guy because they already have negative connotations still to this day that come with them being Microsoft. And with the, the extra spotlight on big tech companies, Microsoft has somehow kept themselves out of that to this point. If Phil was coming out and being extremely aggressive and cutthroat, and he was, that, that, that last statement was aggressive for Phil. Like, again, it wasn't written by him. It was written by attorneys. There's a lot of back-end stuff. But that was pretty aggressive with how he came out and exposed that they had sent this agreement to Sony up front. And, and named names like Tencent and reminded people that there's other companies out there. That was all aggressive. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like it, but it is. Uh, but I think that that's why they're maintaining this kind of persona throughout this entire process. That's why they went to the unions, the CWA, and said, look, we'll, we'll stay neutral. We'll negotiate with unions. That's unheard of in the tech industry, folks. That's unheard of. Nobody understands how big a deal that was to get the unions on their side. And to say that we were willing to allow our people to unionize. That's, again, a paradigm shift within a corporation. Tech has not seen that yet. They've been extremely resistant to unions. Okay? They don't, again, we just saw this with Amazon. So they are taking this nice guy approach. And I know Phil generally is a nice guy anyways. And, right. and again, I, I said I would be cutthroat. I would have ripped up deals a long time ago with Sony. And I would have said, F you. Guess what? You get nothing. And you're going to like it, Jim. Go back to your corner and start crying because you ain't getting nothing. No dessert. Okay. That's what no I would have No dessert for you. Okay. I would have done that easily. But I think that the overall long-term plan here is to, they have to continue this, this persona that they're the good guys in all of this. They're the big, yeah, they're a giant. They're one of the biggest corporations in the entire world. But when it comes to how they're dealing with people, they're taking a different approach than a lot of other people. We're doing this differently. We're going to be the change you all want to see in this industry. And I think that that's why they've kept this up. And I, I, I do think long-term it works, um, even if it, to us, seems like, come on, man, throw some punches back. Come on, throw, come on, get out there, jab them a little bit, Phil. Show Jim what's up. Show Jim that you got Satya behind you as your trainer in the corner, right? That you're going to come out here and throw some haymakers. I'd love to see it too, but I think that we all have to sit back and realize the bigger picture at satellite RTS view, as Steele likes to say, that this yeah. is the long-term play. This is not about the next five years. This is about the next 10, 15, 20 years down the road and the position they're going to be in. And this is not going to be the last time that they are in front of regulatory bodies across the globe. This is not going nah. to be the last time. They are setting up for that future as well. So I just wanted to say that. No, I mean, that, that was perfect, man. Again, uh, there's a lot of history to be made here. Things could change, get flipped on the head, and things may not go the direction that they're currently going, and we don't know, and that's what makes this really interesting and entertaining at the same time. Again, we could just be talking about this in a party chat, chopping it up and seeing what the potential is uh, on the back end of things, but we wanted to make a podcast, really talking to the community and talking about what's going on throughout the industry because – uh, we do understand that there's bigger plays being made. There's a bigger impact that's going to end up uh, coming through. And the more people that we can have invested in our ecosystems, uh, the better it is for everybody. More money gets thrown around. Seventy. We'll talk. We'll we'll be talking about the seventy billion dollar deal like it's small money in the next five years. 
talking about, man, did you see who just spent $150 billion to get VR uh, really to that next level? And now me and Pong are 10 years from now uh, while he's in cryo in a cryogenic chamber, <laughs> uh, you know, in a, in a VR space and really just messing That's people up. And in, 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 uh, we're, now we're really in the matrix. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so, <laughs> then, you know, we got to get in a little crazy, but. Uh, there could be something like that that happens again. I know quantum quantum ah, can't talk. Quantum. quantum computing is something that is around the corner, and that's not something that everybody's going to understand. Even myself, I haven't done enough research in it to sit here and have a write a biography about it, a biopic about it, and say, "Hey, this is these are these are my opinions, and this is where we're going to go." But I do have a know, I do have enough know how and enough wherewithal to be like, look. I could rub two sticks together, put some common sense to use and say, look, man, if this really gets off the ground the same way we didn't think that these big ass server rooms that were one computer could actually be a smaller confined down computer that you can put in your corner um, and run an entire show off of play a game and look up through Google, have instant access to millions of uh, points of access information. I, you know, ladies and gentlemen, things would can very well change within the next 10 years. Hey, if Elon makes satellite internet a thing, we that, that might be dangerous too. I'm just saying. Just go look at how people talked about the internet when it first showed up. Bro, you I'm go just back, saying, watch bro. all the new, new bro, stuff, man. Bro. There was people that literally said it was never going to take off. We are the in internet tw- was dead. We are in 2022. In the year 2000, <laughs> there was there was no way. We had Y2K. There was Everything no was going to crash in 2000. Still, Bro, Y2K. <laughs> there, there was, there was no way. There was yeah. no way. Hey, there yeah. was just no way that we were going to have what we have. People that have fiber optics now. Yeah. Like, bro, crazy. Five hundred gigs. Five hundred up. Five hundred down. It's crazy. And yes, she says, no. That will be the Nirvana once everything is available everywhere. We've talked about that. Steel and I honestly believe that that's the future. That's what Microsoft is working yeah, for the towards. Most part. That everything is hosted in one place. You have one access point to all of your content, and I think that's truly what X- Microsoft wants because they want Azure servers to be the ones to have where all that content is resting um, and being streamed from. And that's the ultimate play here at the end of the day, once everything goes digital. But yes, that will be the Nirvana. When I can log into one spot, there's my Sony games, there's my Xbox games, there's my Nintendo games, everything, and I can just play it. There's my and games. I can just play it. Yep. There's and my I games. To, I don't have to own three devices. I don't have to own all these different You don't devices. have to. Then again, that's another key part of the conversation. You don't have to. You still can. You don't have to. And if you can get that, again, people don't believe in the experience. We are a ways off. But it, again, I didn't, I didn't think everybody was going to have a goddamn phone in their hand. There's 10-year-olds who have phones in their hand. Like, unless. Like, great, got, ladies and gentlemen, we live in a crazy, crazy space. Just saying. We do. Just saying. We do. More ways than one. <laughs> yeah, we're, that, no, that's for sure. And we're just talking about gaming. Like... <laughs> Oh, uh, man. let's see what else we got going on uh we did get some rumors uh well rumors information some things about uh you know assassin's creed man assassin's creed mm, the uh mm, good stuff too the the ip that seemingly is just it seems like the one to be the one that got away from me sometimes because it just hasn't been the same again i really enjoyed what i played of valhalla but it became 
uh, extremely monotonous, and I think that's what turned me off of the game. Or maybe it just became, became too easy. I don't know. Uh, I know the boss fights were a little bit more the difficult side of things, but after a certain point, there wasn't like a, a wide variety in what Valhalla was offering you, especially when you compare it to something like an Elden Ring, where it's just like, yeah, there's different directions you go, and it's like push and pull. There's a lot of push and pull there. Uh, Assassin's Creed is just you literally, especially with Valhalla, a huge game that's just bloated with stuff that I, I do feel like if it was refined down more, especially with the DLC out now, you could have a 10 out of 10 package, especially out of Valhalla. They, it's got a good story. God damn, is it bloated to me personally. From what we've heard, and again, Paul, you can correct me on some of these things, um, or steer the conversation a little bit more streamlined. But what we've seen, there were a few Assassin's game, uh, Creed games that were to be announced. Um, and now all these games, to my belief, were supposed to be more of the ilk of the classic Assassin's Creed games, right? Um, where it's more about the stealth elements and more about being an assassin, right? Mir then... Mirage is going to be that. Okay. So Mirage is the one. That's the that's Basim uh, okay. from uh Odyssey. Bah okay. Or from Bahala. Uh going back to Iraq. Uh this is gonna be you know his his younger days. Uh this is Basim. Um this one is going to be a smaller experience going back to the basics. The other two that we've heard about, Red and Hex, um, those are going to be a part of the online Assassin's Creed Infinity. Ah, so Assassin's Creed being. Infinity was gonna is going to be a fully online Assassin's Creed? It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a games as a service where you can go to multiple areas. We don't know the extent yet of That's the multiplayer aspect. That's going to be But you're going to be able to take the roles of different assassins in all different eras and places around the world during history and kind of move around. This is the idea I had when we first heard about That's it. That's so right? enticing it, to me, bro. It's I've been so waiting cool. The Animus is your hub. You get to decide where you want to go throughout history, what you, what type of assassin Custom you want to be. Custom character. Yeah, bro. maybe. We don't know the details, but we do know that uh, Red is the Japan one, the okay. ninja one. They're not going to do samurais. They're going to do ninjas. Thank you. And then Hex yeah, is awesome. supposedly, Hex is the latest rumor because Grub had the Japan one a while back. Um, Hex is the latest one that we just found out about, which is going to be set during the witch trials at the end of the Roman Empire uh, period of that's time. That's really and dope. it's supposed to be the darkest Assassin's Creed they've done yet. So that's that's where we're at with the rumors right now. But Mirage for sure is the single player experience. And I saw more yesterday too, Steel. The AC1 uh, remake yes. is real. Assassin's Creed 1 remake is real. People are saying that is absolutely happening. That is going to be a part of the DLC for that's going Mirage. To be, that's going to be a good it's, game to yeah. go back through. Right. There's a lot about that first Assassin's Creed game that I remember, but remember very loosely now, especially since it's been a, it's been a long time since I've played that game. That now, going back to it, because what? That game is at least 15 years old at this point. Yeah, I want to say 2007. Let me double check that real quick. I Either way, it's, it's been a really long time. It's kind of it's like it's like the Dead Space kind of remake, right? Where we're gonna get a completely revamped, renewed experience. Like you see Dead Space on screen right now. For those who are watching us live um, on the audio side of things, guys, you got to come check us out live. But um, you see Dead Space a comparison to the new 
remade Dead Space, it looks completely night and day, right? Um, you could say the same little bit about uh, the same for Last of Us that has some some remnants of that too, where it does look completely different, it looks better. Um, but then you also get that first Assassin's Creed, where Assassin's Creed really was like it was the game that set the standard for what those open world games should be like or should feel like. And 2007 still. 2007? 50, I should Why didn't we know that? It's the 15th anniversary. That's yeah. why they're changing up all the icons. I, I, I think, oh I, and I think that's why 15 was on my mind. Old, that's why I said 15. Old brains. Yes. It's 2007. <laughs> that's why, that's why I said 15. Now. Um, they're not even thinking about that now, but yeah, yeah man. It's and like Fifth Horseman says, I really hope it feels like the original AC in the weightiness of the character. Yeah, that's the other thing. When you did parkour, you feel like their your parkour mattered, right? If you messed up, you understood how you messed up. Now it's just more like get in, get out. It felt like it punished you for not for not being stealthy, for not being an assassin. And especially if you go, if they're going the ninja route, they could really double down, kind of like what we got from Origami a little bit, but. If the if you guys haven't played Origami, definitely check that out. Origami Two was is it was a good time too. Another game that we got to get back to and play through. Um, but taking some of those elements for Origami, where it really promotes hey stealth elements is what you want to do. This is how you, how you progress through the level. Uh, you get more points for being as stealthy as possible. And if they can bring those elements, especially to the ninja base Assassin's Creed, we could be coming back into a space where Ubisoft understands what their ips are right um that if they did that then i would have to assume that a splinter cell would have to be right around the corner because there's no re- there there wouldn't well, make the reboot s- the reboot's happening so uh, we know that yeah but when like well let's just let's just say behind the scenes before they announced the reboot we know that they were working on splinter cell prior to so we might yeah, we might get a surprise tease today. Might get a surprise. Oh, I, I hope so because Splinter Cell is one of those games where it's like I, I had some feelings when I was playing Ghost Recon Wildlands, where it gave me some of those Splinter Cell moments, um, especially when you're creeping, creeping around the buildings and things like that. You got the night vision turned on. Um, you run it up on people, one tapping people with a pistol or with a with a M4 with a with a nice rap silencer on there. Um, it does give you some of those feelings, but there was because Splinter Cell has more versatility as far as or in verticality. I think that's the main advantage and why people want it back so bad. Um, along with that multiplayer, because that was something that you could iterate on, right? Uh, another one that doesn't necessarily have to be perfect when the first releases, but as long as those base mechanics are um, are good to go, like how Spies versus, versus Mercs were back in the day, which is like. I, if I if I played that today, it wouldn't really translate really well. Wouldn't play the greatest, but if you iterated on that, I think Ubisoft could have that thing that they're missing. Uh, as far That's as that money maker right there, Steel. Yeah. That's that money maker. You could drop custom characters all day in there. Bring in all the siege characters. Anybody that's been part of the Rainbow uh, IP, you could essentially just throw in there and tie so many things into that. And I think that that would be the perfect way to do that. Again, and that was third person too. So it's like it's in its own space. There's not very many third person multiplayer games. If, unless you want to consider like Fortnite or PUBG, which I don't necessarily consider that. Like, I mean, like third person arena style 
get, you can get down and dirty, has some strategy to it. Like, I don't, there hasn't been many of those, which is something else that I'm looking for, uh, which I do miss that from Gears, uh, from Gears of War, because that was my game for that, right? The slidiness, that constant action, the weight of the guns, the weight of the characters. Uh, there was a lot of that to that. So, um, but yeah, that's just kind of my feeling. So I'm excited about this whole Assassin's Creed train, train starting. Um, I won't lie, I, I was turned off a little bit by Valhalla because it was just like, God damn, I, this is just a lot of game for me. Um, but it was a really good game, and it's a game that I would play again, but I, I'm not going to jump back into that rotation now. But something like a slimmed down Assassin's Creed, possibly getting a multiplayer style Assassin's Creed, that's something that I've always wanted. Because um, I, I don't think uh, the one that was multiplayer, I didn't get a chance to play. Um, and I don't remember which one that was, where you can do uh, multiplayer missions or whatnot. You're talking um, about Unity. Unity? I, I never yeah. played Unity. You know what I mean? Which, so it, it was a buggy mess at the beginning. It plays really well right now, right? On series, uh, consoles, but it was yeah that that was Unity. Uh, Unity uh, has the highest density crowds you've ever seen in Assassin's Creed. That's that's I that's highly dope. recommend people go back and play it now because it played amazing on series consoles. And then the other one, which Shizno brought up as well, he said he's playing both right now: Unity and Syndicate. Syndicate got a lot of hate for no reason. Uh, when it first came out, it is the most underrated Assassin's Creed. Uh, Evie, and I always forget her brother's name, uh, as the two, assassin, the two assassins are absolutely fantastic. And you meet so many people throughout history uh, during that time frame in London. It's crazy. It's so much fun. Um, and uh, even the uh, DLC, uh, DLC drops were awesome. Uh, so Syndicate is highly underrated. I recommend it. Damn. That's kind of that kind of see those. That's the kind of thing when you say when you say things like that, they make me want to be like, "Hey, man, yeah." Maybe we should the drop DLC in there was Jack the Ripper. The DLC was Jack the Ripper. That, oh, damn! It was so yeah, it was so dope, so cool. That makes sense. See, that's the type of shit that makes me like want to go download it so I can go play it and uh, give it a shot, give it a good run through. Uh, God damn! Uh, out of my backlog. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, Assassin's Creed today. Everybody, reminder again, Ubisoft Forward after our show. It starts at um, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern time pre show, I think is like 35 minutes beforehand. Um, but that's where they're going to show a lot of this stuff. And, you know, they're, they're also getting some Division Heartland as well. Um, we should be seeing that today, hopefully, um, because that got leaked uh, also coming soon. It showed up on the PC side of things with a coming soon page that they took down yeah. uh, almost immediately. Uh, but Heartland's got to be getting ready to release as well. And then uh, some more Skull and Bones today um, too. But the Assassin's Creed is going to be the focus of this show. And supposedly Mirage for sure is going to be there. It's supposedly launching early next year, March of next year. Um, and then they might tease the other stuff they've got going on with, in, uh, with Infinity, uh, if that's the final name, Assassin's Creed Infinity. They might start teasing that as well, but it's going to be Assassin's Creed heavy day. I'm ultra excited, Steel. Again, we talked about this with Mirage and with the leaks that we had last week. Going back to the basics, like you said, is the key. That is the key. If Ubisoft has finally figured out that giving the core experience of what made these franchises great back to the fans in the long term will be the rewards that they've been looking for because those fans will come back and flock and you can find ways to monetize it through cosmetics, through all sorts of stuff. 
if you give the fans what they want, and there's there's still room for the big RPG Assassin's Creed as well. Don't get me wrong. There are huge fans of the, that genre. It's just not the original Assassin's Creed. You can do both and win, okay? You can make both and win. They're already talking about the uh, Mirage is going to be probably like a 20-hour game. Yeah. Much smaller, much, much smaller. You can do both of those and be successful. And if Ubisoft has figured that out, finally, finally, Steel, then I'm all for it. And, you know, again, I, I'm, I'm reserving my judgment until I see, but I think Ubisoft might have had the light go on somewhere in the house. Yeah. So, And, and Shizno, I 100% agree with you. I hope Heartland is good, too. I, I really want a division, a multiplayer-focused division game. Yeah. Because that, that would be, like, my life at that point. That because the one thing the division has has just missed the opportunity on, and again they took it away from the first division, um, and how the dark zone was set up, then what made it fun. The second division doesn't really have that. It makes it more mundane. It makes it seem like, oh, if I'm not out here grinding for this gear and doing these certain things and getting the best guns in the game, then I have no competitive advantage. And you go play their little multiplayer team deathmatch shit, and that shit matters in there too. And everything is broken, and it doesn't make it an enjoyable enjoyable experience. If you can give me a more refined multiplayer, hey, you can pick up guns, or hey, you can kind of like work up guns, kind of how Battlefield does, where you have your base guns, and then as you level up, you unlock more guns um, and do it that kind of way. The Division has so much potential in the multiplayer space that that is 100%. Ubisoft, I don't know who they're not talking to, who's not sitting in the boardroom meetings, who doesn't want to take this game full live service and maybe this is the opportunity that they're trying to take with heartland where they are trying to go full uh live service with uh, with the division but god damn that can be in a fucking addicting game because other than gears of war the division has the best cover-based shooting and sh just like sh from I, just even out of cover shooting from out of from movement cover to cover the way the environment feels, the way that the game feels, there's no other game that I, I, I want a little bit more of the feel the view for sure. But other than that, God damn, every time I get sucked, every time I get sucked back into that, I'm like, I, I love the way this shit feels. I love, I love it. It's, it's an addictive. It's like, it's like that, that Batman dance we always talk about. That's how I feel when I play the division. Cause it's like, it's like that fine balance. No, it's not bouncy like gears, but it's not, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not like a, Ghost Recon either, where it's just like eh, there's it's almost non-existent, but the out of cover is like it's amazing, it's fucking fantastic because yeah. it forces you to use cover. That's the best right, part about the right. vision is because the AI is so dang good in division. Sure, it still has its problem. Yes, the enemies yeah. are are bullet sponges. We all know that it's a looter though. But but the AI itself is really good especially on the harder level steel as you and i both know when you ramp up that level they're flanking maneuvers and them coming out of nowhere and you know, taking you from behind pause oh. is just <laughs> absolutely bro how many firefights did we get into in division two where it was hectic it was battlefield hectic like we did not know where gunfire was coming from yeah. uh it is crazy that team that massive knows what they're doing now. The Heartland's not made by Massive. No, um, it is made by oh god, I just 
Got the name. If anybody's got it in the chat, appreciate it. Um, um, I forget what team it is, but they're going to obviously be using a lot of the Division Two assets and what they've got going on there. So the AI will be the same. It's still going to be in Snowdrop. Um, so it's going to be a beautiful game. I'm just hoping, like you, Steel, that it gives us that Division experience and doesn't... I don't mind the PvPVE stuff. I think it's kind of cool, but I really do hope that they don't ruin it with the Ubisoft monetization mentality and like screw this up i hope i not. want the core division game. there needs to be there needs to be zero uh pay to progress um as long as they nail that and make sure everything is cosmetic and really focus on the cosmetic side of things there's a i think there would be a perfect venture um there's a there is a little bit of an article here uh the division heartland will be free to play survival action multiplayer shooter um According to the store listing set in the middle of America, um, this article is brought to you by VG247.com. And this is uh, from also, they got a lot of these details from the article that was pulled down, right? Red Red Storm Entertainment. Red Storm. Red Storm Entertainment is the developer. They they support, they were a support studio for the Division franchise. So it's not like they don't have experience. Gotcha. This is their first big release. Uh, so it's going to be set in middle of America. The game will have a PvEVP mission type called Storm Operations, which has 45 players take part in a battle against a group of dangerous rogue agents, an aggressive faction known as the Vultures, all while surviving a lethal virus. Again, there's a, there's a lot of Battle Royale aspect to it, uh, but it, it could still very well be different. It could be kind of like synced, uh, the Sync game that I played too. It's kind of set up like that. You get some respawns or something like that to come in. Uh, there are also excursion operations, which have you venture out and collect gear and goodies in order to prep for the battlefield. Uh, again, that comes across way more Battle Royale-ish, so that could be that. Um, and that was really the most information that we've had about it. So hopefully we do get something that comes out about yeah. it uh, today. That would be extremely enticing. And, and, there's, something. and there's been positive feedback from the beta testers, too. Uh, which hasn't been the case with every new Ubisoft title as we've seen over the past year, year and a half. <laughs> There's been some betas that went very poorly, um, but uh, the Heartland one got some pretty positive feedback from the people who did, you know, break NDA and talk about it a little bit. So uh, there's been some good stuff. So hopefully that can... Yeah, no, and that's for sure. Uh, let's see. Where do you want to go from here, my good fella? Uh, where do we want to go? Mav! Good to see you, brother. And, uh, yeah, again, uh, for anybody who wants to uh, watch a co-stream, Fun Speculations channel, uh, co-streaming over there, I probably will be there. I'm 90% sure, and Steel might even show up as well. Uh, so we're going to have a good time over there co-streaming the uh, Ubisoft forward. More than likely. I'll, I'll probably be playing 2K, but I'll definitely have it up. <laughs> I'll definitely have it up. Oh, I probably uh, I need to get so I need to make sure that I eat and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we um, gotta do all that. That's why I'm saying we'll get everybody out of here and make sure that. Uh, um, when does it go live? Time. Uh, it goes 2 p.m. Central time. 2 p.m. Central. Oh, yeah. so we got, we got. Yeah, we got, we got time. Uh, we got time for sure. Uh, let's see, Steel. Let's let's jump into a couple small topics here, real quick. Um, let's just give the news real quick. I don't think there's a whole lot to say here. Um, but uh, Atomic Heart did get delayed, or. Yes. It, we we thought it might still have a chance at 2022. Right. The developers were still saying, still and they might. really they haven't closed the door completely, right. but they said winter, and most people have taken that as January to March of 2023. Um, but the 
the good news is Munfish Studio has now partners partnered with Focus Entertainment to publish this, which is big for that studio. Focus is doing a lot of stuff right now. Focus is a big publisher. So it's great to hear that they got the support of Focus. Um, and that might lead to a little bit more polishing um, at the end of the day. Um, so that's always good news. So Atomic Heart, I was really looking forward to. But if it has to be the first part, please just don't let it be February. Please let it be January. Whatever you do, do not do February, Atomic Heart. Please. Uh, we've got enough in February. Uh, but again, coming to Game Pass day and date whenever it does drop. But that was announced this week. Um, Steel, did you have any thoughts on that? Uh, about Atomic Heart getting delayed. Uh, again, uh, it still may end up coming out this year, uh, but yes, it did end up getting delayed. Uh, well, I'm trying to put up. God, dog, I can't talk. Um, but yeah, uh, Atomic Heart is delayed to early 2023, uh, possibly January 1st or, or around March. And Mudfish is also partnered with Focus, yep. as you stated. Yep. Uh, so again, this could just be them wanting to refine some things down. And again, uh, it could still end up coming out this year. So uh, yep, there's yep. no no telling. As looking, far as looking forward to it 100,000%. So yeah, uh, even though, take your time. Take even your though time. there is uh, some that are a little bit more standoffish about it. Yeah, but hey. not overall. Yeah, I, I think overall it's been positive for that team. That team has got something special. At least it's going to be unique at the end of the day, no matter what. So just from what we've seen, we already know this is going to be a unique game. So it's going to stand out in its own right. Um, another announcement that we got this week was Atlas Fallen now has a window, uh, release window, and they're targeting spring of 2023. That is so crazy that's coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. Bro, we talked about this. I think a lot of the studios are going to start showing us stuff when it's close. I think we're going to start seeing the shift. Good game. I'm excited for that one. Yeah, I'm excited for that too. That's another Focus uh, published game. Again, Focus doing big things out here. So Atlas Fallen now has a window spring 2023. Both Steel and I are on board. That's from Deck 13 Interactive. Uh, that's the game that we saw in that desert setting where they so showed the CGI trailer. Right. Uh, with those same. They had a little bit of combat in there. It was but some yes, gameplay. At the end, at yeah, the end we got end. about a minute spliced if, in gameplay yeah. kind of if uh but it, it looks fantastic yeah, and we're both looking forward to that one um and then we also yesterday was d23 uh the disney games announcement thing that got hyped uh, yeah. up that turned out to be 20 minutes of mobile games for the most part it's <laughs> like uh there wasn't a whole lot that came out of d23 i don't think steel and i even need to spend time on going through it. it uh but during that we got to see a little bit more a very short clip, which I don't even understand why they should have highlighted it. But uh, Aliens: Dark Descent did show off some more gameplay yesterday. Very talking about that, yeah. Very briefly, looking amazing. And I found out last night they got a whole description on Steam. Who knew? I didn't look it up before. It is going to be a single player experience. It's going to be strategy action. So you're going to be kind of the commander, and you're going to be controlling your troops. But this game is speaking to my heart steel this is going to be amazing but we did get that but also surprise midnight suns is making 2022 now we heard that midnight suns had been delayed everybody thought it was going to be delayed in 2023 like everything else because they didn't give a date when they announced the delay right. well guess what december 2nd 2022 midnight suns from fur axis that's the card strategy tactical game 
based on the Marvel's universe, you're going to have Blade, you're going to have Wolverine, you're going to have Doctor Strange, you're going to have uh, Scarlet Witch. You're going to be able to make up your team and you're going to make your main character. Your main character is going to be a custom uh, Marvel character. So you can create whatever you want. Right. That is going to make this year, uh, December 2nd, 2022. And they did show more footage yesterday, which looked different from the initial footage. Mav and I both noticed this because we're back on the hype train for Midnight Suns. Uh, they did a little bit more. It looked more XCOM-ish, which was what we thought originally. You're still using cards, but they pulled back the camera to an overhead view, and they had area of effects. They were showing off area of effects attacks, right, yesterday, uh, where you place the area of effect where you want to hit as many you know enemies as possible, and then your character jumps in like they showed Blade, and I think they showed Wolverine as well doing that. Um, looking really great, but that is another 2022 release now uh, for current gen consoles and pc the last gen versions which they had announced uh still no date on those or whether or not they're actually going to do those. so that's what we got yesterday out of d23 uh, again if you're interested go watch it it's short it's 20 minutes like 23 minutes i think it turned out to be um they flew through the games a lot of mobile stuff in there we didn't get anything new from avatar um otherwise i'll say this they did announce the Skydance game. That's Amy Hennig's uh, Marvel game that we were waiting on. Rumors broke that um, it was going to be a Captain America Black Panther game set in World War II. Yep. That turned out to be all true. So you're going to play as four different characters, including Captain America and Black Panther, uh, which is the grandfather um, from back in the day, obviously, because it's not current day. Black Panther. Um, it's going to be the grandfather as Black Panther. Um, and then a World War II soldier. And then one of Black Panther's guard. I forget the lady's name, the guard's name. But anyways, one of his guards. Um, and that's, you're going to play through different stories of, through each one of those characters' eyes. Amy Hennig, uh, they do not even have a title for this game yet, Steel, which was weird. Like you announced yeah, a game with no title. It's very strange, very, very strange. But Amy said to ex not to expect uh, much of a, she's not, they're not going away from what she did with like Uncharted. So it's going to yeah. be a narrative driven action adventure game is what it's going to be, right? That's what Uncharted is. But we know the action was over the top. Awesome action yeah. in Uncharted. Uncharted is amazing. It was that's on rails. Yeah, but that's going to be kind of the feel. It's not multiplayer. It seems like it's going to be single player. Um, so that was another a big announcement there uh steal any thoughts on that game uh, i am excited for it that sounds extremely interesting uh if you're going to if i'm going to go back to like a world war ii setting or go back to world wars or the older styles i would like to see it with like superheroes i think that'd be super dope uh to see an early a young captain america um a more refined black panther again using that as the child's grandfather i think is a perfect way to really demonstrate to people like what a prime black panther could be like especially in that environment because you don't have to heavily rely on technology um there's other things that you could use uh so more of the environment use more of that panther aesthetic as they could say blending into the night and things of that nature i think will be really dope um having the chick that's from wakanda the warrior uh, depending on how they have it set up to where are these just going to be four individual characters that you interact with um are you going to use them like in a gta style where you kind of switch between them pretending on the scene um or are you going to be captain america is this going to be the captain america game or is this going to be the black panther game and 
this is you kind of introduce get introduced to uh captain america and we could get a captain america game based off of this because of course we know that black panther dies and that could that could be a way that they end up doing that who knows how they end up deciding deciding it um it does sound like it could be a lot of fun i'm interested um but i want to see more from it again if it's an on rails experience i don't know how excited i'm gonna be for it but it's all dependent on how they present it right uh that's the main thing about any of these characters is how they present them and are you going to tell a good story or is it going to be corny if this the chick from uncharted i have a feeling like she could tell a decent story um just depends on who you have involved and i'm i want to see more from it so that's the main thing for me um yeah, that was basically all D23. Again, uh, Mav co-streamed it, and it was not what a lot of people thought it was going to be. So right. uh, they didn't show anything like really new out of that game. So um, let's see here, Steel. Hey, do you want to – what else we got here? You want to talk about the Battlefield news this week? Um, you want to talk about – you want to get into your Forge talk? Because uh, we do have – that to still get to what do you want to do uh i mean the forest conversation i mean there is quite a, a bit off the cuff of that uh i don't know how excited people are going to be to get into uh any halo news since apparently to everybody halo is dead for some reason but i mean again to easter own uh when you're finding matches in less than 10 seconds i wouldn't necessarily call that dead i think i've spoken on that before uh but there was some more information about uh the halo infinite forge that came out this week uh there basically was a video breakdown of it was just basically breaking down all the tools that were able to be used in forge right um essentially one of the guys uh one of the guys from the forge team uh, was able to essentially recreate the first level of Halo Infinite, right? Uh, which I thought was really dope. And then while he was doing that, when he kind of demonstrated the area and everything, he also showed, you know, pulling out the different objects, how he turned something that was like a, a Z-shaped pillar um, and made it a flat surface because he liked the design of it. And he used that as part of a, his, uh, as part of the wall texture or whatever the case may be. And then also they talked a little bit more about now, this is something that maybe not everybody's going to care about, but because a lot of the assets in Forge are static, meaning that the system doesn't have to do any computing for it, uh, well, not as much computing for it as they did previously in other versions of Forge, um, there's going to be so much more versatility, and I think they had like what was it like ah, i can't remember the exact pieces they said i think they said the original forge had like three thousand different assets or Six, whatever uh no 1600 i think was the max and now it's seven thousand okay so 16 jasper so 1600 yeah, was the max and now it's seven thousand yeah. so yeah. just to kind of give you guys i know that doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people it's like well 15 17 7 000 different other things what is that um so that's seven thousand other objects that can be scaled in any which way shape or form by the way that is insane to think about and what i was telling pong a little bit about and also for the uh people who were with us backstage before the show went live for the audio listeners is that halo infinite literally has an opportunity to become the the adult version of like a uh, uh, 
I'm trying to be careful how I'm saying this because I'm not trying to demean anybody or anything like that. But it could be the adult version of like a Minecraft, a Roblox, a that kind of ecosystem to where, um, like I'm where I watch my daughters play Roblox and Minecraft. Then um, it was another game, uh, Rec Room, and they have all these different game modes that aren't necessarily part of the main game itself but it's game modes that other people have made within this game and how many people are constantly playing it and the the time that they spend in these worlds and there's like these own like these games within these games have their own ecosystem it reminds me of like world of warcraft 3 from me back in the day um when yeah world of warcraft uh 3 was an rts game but i was playing it in custom matches Playing a hero, uh, playing Dota, Defense of the Ancients, which is league, what basically League of Legends is, uh, before League of Legends became super popular. It was based, it's essentially League of Legends was based off of Dota. Um, uh, we were having arena fights and things of that nature. So it reminds me a lot of that. But why I say it's more mature is because, let's be honest, the games like Roblox and Minecraft, uh, Rec Room, they don't have the graphical fidelity that maybe a me and Pawn would like to see, right? Where Halo does, where it looks mature, it can be a little gory, it can be, it has a lot of texture detail, and there's a lot of refined things that are in there, and it scales also, depending on what ecosystem you're playing it in, whether um, it's going to be the VCR, because <laughs> that's the one thing that's going to be interesting to see how those Forge maps work on the VCR Xboxes. Uh, but uh, but seeing how everything is working within this ecosystem, there's so much potential for um, whether it be a battle royale, cart, cart racers, um, like Friday night, uh, Friday night of Freddy game modes those, uh, that you see a lot of the time on YouTube that a lot of kids love for whatever reason. I don't, I don't get none of that stuff, but there's a hype behind it. Um, there's other games like Friday, uh, what's Friday the Thirteenth, where you can play a monster and you get chased, and you can do incorporate things like that. There's so many different avenues and uh, different ways that this forge can be carried. Like them saying that this is going to be the most expansive forge that has ever been uh, created is, I, I almost feel, as an understatement. And I do also get that it is unfortunate though, because it's going to be a literal this is like a Bethesda moment, right? Where people are literally where they say all the time, well, Hey, Bethesda puts out these buggy games. It's up to the community to fix it. Or the community has to put out mods to fix their games and whatnot. Well, you can't lie. and say there wasn't a good base there though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, they don't, and the sales numbers prove it doesn't matter. So you yeah. guys can cry all about it. You want to, it doesn't matter. Bethesda hires people direct from their modding community to work at Bethesda when they do some of this work. So again, you can cry, you can complain, you can say, oh, you should never have a game that needs the community to fix it or to do things for it. Community loves to do this because of the passion behind it. And if you give them the tools, why not have them share their creations with the rest of the community? It only makes sense. And if you get something amazing out of it, like Griff Ball or whatever the case may be, right. all the better, just a bigger bonus at the end of the day. So sorry to steal. No, yeah, no, you're good. I mean, that I mean, that's exactly my point. And again, I know a lot of people feel like it's this would be a perfect time for for the use of cap, or uh, a lot of people feel like it's a hey, it's well, why is three four three working on a on a game they they can't keep alive and they have to depend on the community at the end of the day. 
they are still the ones giving you this though like and i understand this might not be where you want their attention at but obviously this is where a big part of their focus is at because their goal is this 10-year plan and i know the joke is oh well 10-year plan it doesn't mean the game needs to be good 10 years later and i know it's not going to be good 10 years later but eh, two years later yeah (laughs) unfortunately or fortunately depending on how you want to look at it and again one of the most significant things that halo has because of the world that we live in today it doesn't have to stay alive right now to you right if a year from now you jump back into Halo and you spend another hundred hours in Halo and you spend another sixty dollars in Halo on cosmetics, who won? I mean, you pay you paid your you paid your stuff up front. You've already been paying your subscription this entire time. So who won? That like like honestly, guys. Like so to me, that's why part of the reason I'm not so down on Halo. Is because I do believe in their vision. I have to believe in their vision, right? It's Halo is in the hands of 343. It's not going to be in anybody else's hands. If, if, if 343 worked on something else, I don't think they'd necessarily be called 343 anymore. And Halo's not an IP that's just going to die anytime soon. Unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it and depending on how much you care about it. It is what it is. You can feel however you want to feel. You can say it's dead. There are ha- the same thing that people say about Destiny. There hasn't been a game to kill Destiny yet, and there hasn't been a game to kill Halo yet. The only thing that kills either one of them is itself. <laughs> that is the only thing. And even them killing themselves, they still find some way to come back out to the light. And it's very few IP that can do that and nail the... Again, when you nail the core experience, everything else is just additional. Because most people can't even get the core experience right. Again, you can compare it to Splitgate. You can compare it to whatever the other game that you want to compare it to. Splitgate is in Halo. Oh, that's that. They're doing good. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, I guess. Cut uh, out there. I guess because I was messing with some stuff, but yeah. <laughs> so um, that's just that's kind of my perspective on the whole Forge thing and everything that's going on. Um, again, for people, if you guys want to play Halo, play Halo. If you don't, then don't. I have constructive criticism for them, sure. Outside of that, though, go play your games, man. What other games have you not beaten yet? Tell me. You have some. I know you do. Crying about Halo all day isn't going to fix the problem. You either mm-hmm. play it or you don't. Speak with your wallet, right? No, Forge Forge is going to be a changer still. Uh, we've talked about this since before it even came out. Yeah. Um, this is why I said when we first saw the rumors about how big Forge was going to be and what they were going to allow you to do, I said if all that was true, this needs to be out. You know, Forge, had it been out at launch, would have solved oh. a lot of problems. Oh, it would have it been a wrap. A lot right? of problems. Community would be fixing it right now. That's what I'm saying. This, you can tell, this was a major part of that 10-year plan, Steel. Yeah. This isn't like, hey, oh, we're just going to add this little nice thing for the community. It's going to be a little tack-on thing. Like, it's kind of- This is why there's no content. This is a main (laughs) focus for them because they know what's going to come out of this. There is going to be stuff. Listen, I didn't watch the whole 
the whole video. I watched what all I will of say, it. <laughs> what I will say is that I watched the part with John Clark. Shout out to John Clark from Xbox yes. Era. Special Nick's uh, sidekick, uh, co-host over there. Uh, this dude is a part of the uh, Forge Council. He created a map called Curfew that's got this cyberpunk feel to it. And he supposedly created this map in a relatively short period of time. It looks like something that 343 themselves would have done. And I think that's the biggest difference. Back in the day, the Forge maps, you could tell they were Forge maps. Even if they were like really fun, you could still tell they were done in Forge. Forge didn't allow for the details that the devs themselves could develop. But this Forge here... With all the things that they're allowing people to do in this forge, they're essentially handing the community the Slipspace engine with all the dev tools and saying, go have fun. That's what they're doing here. And what they are allowing is for people like John Clark and other members of the community to commute, to not just create cool maps or new game modes, but they're allowing them to have the same quality that the 343 devs themselves yes. are able to put out. That was their point. Insane. Again, go look at John Clark's curfew. This is a cyberpunk type neon dark setting. He's got fog throughout. The lighting is absolutely incredible. It looks ridiculous. I want to go play it. And again, as a, as a casual Halo fan, I want to go play this map just to try it out and see it and see what it looks like. And on top of that too, steel with this forge, the community is going to be sharing the assets with each other. So yeah. when somebody creates something super cool in their forge, it's going to be uploaded and shared to the rest of the community to use as an asset in their own creation. As that library expands, Steel, think about the limitless possibilities. As people create Star Wars AT-ATs, AT-ATs, as I like to call them, not everybody likes that, but AT-ATs, as they create that, that asset is going to be available to other people to use. This is just going to be a ripple effect that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger as more people draw in. There's going to be somebody out there, like you were talking about. There is going to be somebody out there that creates the new game mode, that creates the new hype game mode that all the streamers jump into, that everybody starts playing again. If it lasts, great. If it doesn't last, it doesn't matter. It's going to draw people back into Halo once again. And... You know, the guys were talking about it last night on Xbox Ultimate before I got there, but I was listening to him on the way home. And Matt's point is, is that that kind of stuff for the younger generations, the younger generations might not care about the Halo core experience, the multiplayer. A lot of the younger generations like Jasper can rattle off all these random custom game modes from the older Halos that to Mav and the core players are like, what is that? I've never played that before. I think he said one. He said there was one mode called like "Run Over the Stripper" or something like that. I've never heard of and, that. So yeah, uh, man was like, "What?" But Jasper was like, "Yeah, man, we used to play that all the time." Well, that's what's gonna happen. This this is gonna be that, but on a whole nother level. As Fuzzy was saying, somebody's gonna find a way to create an RTS or Jasper. I think might have said it. Create an RTS out of this forge. Somebody's gonna find a way because now that you can control all the scripting and all that kind of stuff. People are going to go nuts in this thing, Steel. This really is that moment that I think does start to grab Halo back even more so. It's still alive. It's not dead. People are still playing it. But this has the potential to bring even more people in uh, as these modes are put out there, as these new maps are put out there. I think this is the thing. This is the injection of positivity that 343 really needed at this moment because everybody 
that I saw talking about what they showed at Forge was hyped, was excited, was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And no, it's not going to be for everybody, but there's going to be a big group of gamers who jump into Forge and start making stuff. And I can't wait to see what they come out of it, um, what they get out of it, and what they come up with, and where this takes Halo Infinite down the road. Uh, because I really do think that this has the unlimited potential. No, that's 100% a fact. And uh, it just gets me excited. And exactly, Tim the Sorcerer, like you said, it sounds like a Halo Minecraft version. That's exactly what it is. Um, I don't know about the scripting and everything. From my understanding of it, is that if the objects in the game don't already have movement to them, you can't add movement to them, right? So it's like you can't build an at at and make it move. For an example, mm, from from, okay. from from what I've seen, like you can build one but you can't make it move because there's no scripting because it's all individual pieces. There's nothing there to tie all the individual pieces together to make them move like an at-at leg or to make it not look a cer- or come across a certain way. There's I, all- see what, I see what you're saying, but they did create turtle shells that move, which aren't in Halo. See, but the turtle shells could be based off of, could be another object that does move which they've redesigned with they just put something else on top okay. of which you can do and like you can put something like let's say for an example if i put a wall inside of a banshee the banshee moves already so boom i have a moving wall yeah you know what i'm saying just as as an example well it'll be interesting though still because you know how the community modding works right you know better than you know, you're on pc yeah you know, you know people find ways to make things happen right so yeah. like you said somebody could take one that is scripted for movement and totally redesign it to look like something completely different. yeah and they could yeah and, yeah. and they, de- they definitely could i know it's a little bit different because it's not modding on the on the level of right. like right correct what is available on pc and because yeah. they do they don't open that side of it for security reason protection reason for the consumers they'll never end up doing that not as free as it is on pc um so there's always going to be that start difference. So you're always going to have a start difference between like a Bethesda to like you yeah. literally can get Godzilla in the game moving right. around, coming out of the where it's like you kids can't drag and drop Godzilla. You can't put Godzilla yeah. in Halo. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you won't be able to do that. Like you can make Godzilla, but he's not going well, to be. Turn, you could take a take a brute, make him super large, and then maybe add some stuff to him. That makes him look like Godzilla. See, but it does the brute move. Do they have a setup to where is the brute movable? Are you are, are drag well, are movable characters yeah. part of the assets? From what okay. I've seen, I don't think they are. Okay. Although, I it, it, from what I've seen, it just like it looks like you get static image, mm-hmm. like you get static characters or sure whatever the case, static assets. What I mean. Uh, so well, we're about to find that. out, Steve. I don't know. We're about to find out. If you, if you are able to do it, then damn, that's going to be even... Yeah, that's going to be insanity. Uh, that's <laughs> that's different. That's completely different. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited for that, man, for sure. Uh, just four, put... Four, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. See, Jasper's already got it. Put four warthogs under it and four scripts on each hog. One hog moves at a time, making it walk. Go. I mean, yeah, you could do it that way, but then it wouldn't <laughs> it just roll on the... It would just roll on the ground instead of move. Right? Instead of walking? 
Come on, Steel. Use your imagination. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. Perfect, I know. I know. It. I know. I'm, I'm just. I'm being funny though. That's something that you're gonna notice though when you go into. Oh, Who cares, Steel? Who cares? It looks. This looks funny. It's not moving. He's but, roller no, skating. It's gonna be funny. Who yeah. cares? Hey, yeah. That. I think it would be funny. I think it would be cool. But no. Um. Fifth Horseman says, I think this will give 343 that inch of uh, breathing space they need to spend time getting other aspects of the game in a better place to provide better content moving forward. I think, I do think once Forge drops, and, and this is also unfortunate because I was expecting to get some story, more story DLC. Because uh, I, I want to see how they continuously, how they're going to evolve it. I don't think that's going to come out until Forge is on it, it is in its stride, right? Um, like you, like you said, uh, Fifth Horseman. Until they have some more space, I don't think that we're going to see any story content, and that's and that's unfortunate because I'm really interested in how they're going to evolve that forward. Especially if you beat the game on Legendary, um, you get that ending credit scene. So that's really cool. If not, just look it up on YouTube. It's not that big of a deal. Um, so I think I, I'm really waiting for that. But yeah, I do I do agree. It's going to give them a lot of space. So, um, and I'm excited about that. Again, there's nobody else that needs to work on it other than 343. Unless you get Ed in there, then if anything, I just need Ed to sit down with 343. Y'all just work on it together for a while, for a couple years or something. until everything is on a, in a refined state and you have all the tools in your new slip space engine now. <laughs> and then Ed could go do something else. <laughs> I think that would be a cool way to involve them. Because again, they they got they got hands on making something that obviously works. So um, where else you want to take the conversation, man? Uh there's only a few other people. Uh, I know we're seeing I don't know if this post from Infinity Ward is true, where they're looking at an uh, exclusive look at the art uh, at the AI tech uh coming into the new Call of Duty. Bro, you're on mute, punk. I wasn't on mute, and then I put myself on mute. Ah, uh, it is it is true. Yes, that is crazy. That not only, and again, this kind of just this makes me want to play the first uh, Modern Warfare again, the 2019 one, because I didn't play that one. I played the original Modern Warfare story, um, and I know there's people keep saying there's a lot of changes that have been made. This gets me kind of excited because I haven't played a Call of Duty campaign in a long time. Um, at least there's at least Black Ops two. Mm-hmm. Um. So it gets me excited to see that they're going in and actually refining everything. Yes. That's a true remake. Like you're, yeah. you're literally truly remaking this game from top to bottom. Uh, I just hope it doesn't end up being 300 gigs because you had to add all, uh, yeah. add all this extra <laughs> uh, artificial intelligence tech into the call of duty all of a sudden. That's my only worry. I I, I don't want to delete six games of get call of duty to fit. Um, I hope it has crossplay because I will goddamn I have that space on my computer. I'm not doing that on my Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Steel. Come on. Oh my no, god. No, no. It it looks great. Uh, they talked uh, considerably about all the work they did. They actually brought in real Navy SEALs to run through drills to show how they really respond, and they obviously mocapped them all to make not only your squad mates better as you're playing yeah. along with the with the AI, but the uh, enemy NPCs as well. They wanted to make them more realistic as they hunt you down, as they're looking for you. Uh, if you're firing at them, more realistic reactions, trying to get out into cover and all that kind of stuff. Good. Real tactics being used versus just, you know, what we normally see out of uh, AI. Uh, so they did do a complete overhaul. 
So 100%. So that looks really dope. Yeah, um, it looks really good. Let me see. Let me, uh, let, I'll, I'll, what, uh, what, what you got? What you got? You're eating. Let's do the battlefield, man. The battlefield. We got big battlefield news this week. Direct from Byron Beattie, who I believe is the director of Battlefield, producer of Battlefield, um, came out with big announcement this week because we know, we know, Steele and I have talked about this plenty here. Uh, you guys all know how we feel about Battlefield 2042. They're doing a ton of work. Season two is in full swing. Uh, season three, they're going to reintroduce the classes uh, again, which is going to be gigantic. They're reworking all the maps, uh, all that stuff. So that we already knew. We also knew that Vincent Pella had taken over all yes. of Battlefield. He's now in charge of Battlefield itself. We knew from uh, their uh, internal, well, I don't remember if it was a, I think it was a um, Bester Call or something like that, where they talked about the future of Battlefield, that they stated they were already working on the next Battlefield, that 2042 was no longer going to necessarily be the platform. Um, that they thought it was going to be, and they're already moving forward. Well, we got more clarification on exactly what's going on here. So, uh, again, Byron Beatty, he put out a uh, post. Battlefield fans, 20 years ago, on September 10th, 20, or 2002, Dyson EA released Battlefield 1942, ushering in a new kind of first-person shooter, one that allowed you to partake in massive battle battles set in a World War II-themed sandbox, that encouraged creativity and led to spectacles that we all know as only in battlefield moments. Since that time, we've explored many eras and theaters of war, from the trenches of the First World War to the jungles of Vietnam, the tactical warfare of modern con- combat, and even glimpses of the world of tomorrow. And you've been with us all the way. We could not have created these games without your support and input. Your feedback has been instrumental in evolving 20 Battlefield 2042. The team has been hard at work and has made strides in pushing Battlefield 2042 closer to our ambitions. With the launch of Season 2, we are proud to proud of the work we've done on the game, and we are committed to continuing to support it. We'll listen to your thoughts, and we'll use those to continue to evolve Battlefield 2042, as well as to act as learnings for our new experiences that are in pre-production. As we approach our 20th anniversary, we'd like to share the future of the franchise and be clear with you on our vision. We are all in on Battlefield, Satya, all in on Xbox. Uh, we are committed to unlocking the, its potential as one of the best first-person shooter franchises in the world. Make that vision a reality. We've launched a global effort coordinating multiple studios under a leadership team of industry veterans who to build a connected Battlefield universe. I'm excited to be working with Vincent Pella again along the rest along side the rest of our leadership team rebecca kudas at dice christian grass at ripple effect studios and alex seropin at industrial toys we are hard at work with our world-class studios to grow battlefield into an incredible first person first person shooter series it already was by the way uh, many of you know that marcus leto joined the team earlier this year and if that name sounds familiar for everybody out there it should be. He's one of the original co-creators of Halo, so you should probably all know him since we just got done talking about Halo. Marcus Leto. Uh, today, we announced the name of his new Seattle-based studio, Ridgeline Games. Marcus will bring his long legacy of creating fascinating worlds and gripping narratives to Battlefield. Backed by a world-class team, 
he will be heading or be leading the charge to develop a narrative campaign set in the Battlefield universe that will engage fans in new and exciting ways while remaining true to the classic elements of the series. DICE is a multiplayer powerhouse and will use its expertise to continue developing Battlefield's one-of-a-kind multiplayer suite while Ripple Effect is focused on creating an entirely new Battlefield experience that will complement and build upon the series' foundation. As it should. Yes, as it should. Battlefield has been a staple of this industry, and the industry as the industry shifts, we're looking to expand the series into something even more extraordinary by embracing a global mindset and the vision of our leadership team. As we build for the future of Battlefield, we must remember to thank those who got us here. Creative director Lars Gustafsson, who has been with the franchise since the beginning and is affectionately known as Mr. Battlefield, has decided he is ready for a new adventure. We'd like to thank him for his invaluable expertise, experience, expertise, and friendship for all these years. Lars has dedicated a substantial portion of his life to Battlefield and is proud to have helped shape the franchise into what it is today. He is excited to pass on the baton to the next generation of Battlefield creators at DICE, Ripple Effect, Industrial Toys, and Ridgeline Games. Next generation of Battlefield creators is a global team of very talented, hungry individuals dedicated to taking the series to new heights. This team includes veterans who have worked on the series for years, as well as new talent from the all of whom bring years of experience working across incredible titles to the Battlefield universe. As Vince has said to me, 20 years is a huge accomplishment for any series, regardless of industry. We have the ability to shape what comes next. We have the leadership, passion, and talent to uh, in place to build really amazing experiences for players in the years ahead. Along with the work we are doing with our studios, we have more content coming to Battlefield 2042. Cannot wait for uh, cannot wait to see what you think of it. Once again, to the community, we want to thank you for your support. Huge deal here, Steel. So, uh, 2042 again, getting continuous content, getting upgrades. Maybe not what we expected out of it, but look, it is you know much much different place than what was when it launched they obviously are putting the effort into it we kind of made light of it when we heard that they were starting something new um and we said yeah right whatever you got a skeleton crew on 2042 not to expect much mm-hmm. well guess what they're doing it they, and they're making 2042 a great experience again maybe taking longer than expected may not have as many maps as expected all that kind of stuff is true but at the end of the day 2042 is still right now a very very fun game to play and in a much better place hey on top of that yeah uh i see all this 1942 talk in the com in the comments and whatnot yeah. hey, uh in the chat hey battlefield 2 is the best battlefield of all time you better stop sleeping <laughs> nope bad company too by far the best uh, that's, diff- that's different that's a different conversation <laughs> but still also Lars moving on, which is unfortunate, um, but maybe it was time. Uh, Mr. Battlefield himself, uh, you know, again, he's been through the ups and downs with this series, you know, 20 years. Um, sad to see him go, but a Marcus Leto coming in. Calls himself the, you know, Master Chief's dad, the father of Master Chief. Um, he is one of the co-creators of Halo, starting a brand new studio to work on a campaign, which a lot of people had complaints about, Steel, that 2042 didn't have a campaign. You and I, you know, we talked about this. We think of Battlefield, the multiplayer experience, you know, outside of the bad companies, never really thought about the campaigns. I played through them, but 
never was like attached to them. Like, oh my God, bad company was a different beast. And companies I got attached to the campaigns, love the campaigns, love the multi. But a lot of people wanted that campaign experience. A lot of people didn't buy 2040 because it didn't have a campaign. So they're bringing in Marcus Leto, highly experienced in this industry, obviously. We don't need to say anything more. He's obviously putting together a team underneath Zempella to start a campaign. Then you've got Dice continuing to work on multiplayer experiences. And then you're talking about Ripple, which used to be Dice LA. Uh, Ripple, that Zempella first took over before they gave him the entire franchise. Mm -hmm. Zempella had taken over Ripple, starting a brand new type of experience in the Battlefield universe as well. Still, can we at this point see a resurgence of Battlefield? Can they bring it back from where it's gone? We, we probably can say this is probably rock bottom. Battlefield mm. 5 was bad. Battlefield 5 was bad. But Battlefield 2042 had less players than Battlefield 5 at one point. We could probably say this is the rock bottom. Does in Zampella we trust all these moves that they're making? They're obviously the biggest point to me out of all this deal is that EA is not giving up battle. That was my greatest fear. If you guys remember when I said it, Battlefield 2042 fails. My greatest fear was this was going to be uh, one of those spots where EA closes up shop, disperses talent, and says, guess what we tried? Can't do it anymore. But they're obviously not doing that. They're going the opposite direction. They're doubling, tripling down on this. You, Steel, what does all this say? Uh, to me, it tells me that I, as a consumer, should still have some faith in Battlefield. Um, again, I mean, you can see it through representation. I've played Battlefield 2042, right? Um, I played it on release. Uh, and so you can see the, va the, the vast differences. The main thing that me and Pong have always spoke to is, why do you keep making the same mistakes and then saying the same things over and over again? Um, you're literally the boy who cries wolf. And at this point, I'm not really looking for you to either prove it to me or not. That's the only unfortunate part of it. So, yeah, I mean, you could talk all this good talk and it's good to see that you're not going to give up on uh, not only on 2042, but on Battlefield overall. And now you want to go to the, you know, to the campaign experiences. But if you're not going to give me bad company level of campaign experiences, then don't give me anything. Because the uh, the the previous Battlefield single player experiences, I know people have enjoyed them, but they were very lackluster compared to other first person campaign shooter experiences. They just were. It was very like like that's not why you play Battlefield. Battlefield was never known for that. You bought Battlefield back in the day to play multiplayer. You bought the game in a case, put it in your computer for the multiplayer. That's the only reason, nothing else. And to play private matches if you wanted to play with bots or whatever the case, because they did have that back in the day. We could play against the AI and whatnot. So you had you had those options. I am glad that it's also another thing for me. It shows that EA is not necessarily in a point of weakness per se even though they are shopping themselves around a little bit right um there's obviously enough money flowing around there's obviously enough at least enough people that have some know-how or have some enough say whether that's just specifically vince i'd imagine there's other people outside of vince who may could be part of his team maybe people that he knows um or maybe he's just in in total changed the vision on there um on that side of things especially with ea um 
and kind of maybe pull he maybe he pulled a fill. He sat down with them and was like, look, man, this is the direction we need to take this shit. If you don't, if we're not gonna go this way, then let's just not do it. Which is probably why those comments about 2042 came out. Because that was like the beginning of the conversation. Hey, um, yeah, we're just gonna work on the next game. This is a side, I don't I don't know what else to do with this thing with this game. And then now the main problem I have about this that everything that you said as part of that is it seems like you're doing backtracking now. You didn't have to backtrack. Why did you say anything in the first place? I know that's not gonna not, not your mass audience isn't going to see those things that you said, and maybe it was only me and a small amount of people who saw you say that you were essentially giving up on 2042. But then for me to you know, get back into the game. I'm playing it and I can see, I'm seeing the improvements take place. The game does feel much different than it did previously. Having a scoreboard is nice. There are some things that are still off. The game still feels like a, like a free for all battlefield game. And I don't, I don't, I don't get that. Cause the, what made battlefield unique was the class system that is non-existent. That bothers me. It does take away a little bit from battlefield because nobody's playing a role so now when certain things are happening on the battlefield it's like anybody can swap over to anything and do whatever and there's no there's no rhyme or rhythm to anything that's not battlefield there was a rhyme or rhythm people don't there's air superiority like that that saying like we got to keep them from getting air superiority was a thing you know what i mean now it's just like I don't know. It's just so weird how things are set up. Like you wanted to make sure you had somebody that was bro. We used to have specific people who were, you're the engineer. So not only that you can shoot the tanks and other shit, but you can also repair my shit. Like we can, we're going to be flying around for a minute. I need, I need an engineer. Oh, I got the repair tool and I can shoot rockets out the back, swap seats, shoot a rocket off real quick, swap seats, start repairing again. That was what battlefield was about. Like when Pong goes take Commander Pong, like I can set up my engineer to have that rocket launcher and have the the mechanic tool, and we just running around taking over base by base while I'm repairing the tank behind him, trying not to die. You know, and when I do die, oh, I'm spawning back on you. Stay alive, stay alive, don't get shot. Oh, I, I'm almost dead, man. Oh, I'm, I'm fixing it, I'm fixing it. Those were those moments. That's what Battlefield's about. Those height, moving from point to point. They have to bring that excitement back. And the only way you can do that is by bringing more people in. So don't say the things that you're saying here and then not put it on like a service. Your own service, Game Pass, PlayStation Plus, wherever it needs to be. Because I will be honest. Nobody wants to play that game right now. Nobody wants to pay any type of money for that game right now. Give people a reason to invest in your season pass. Give people a reason to get your cosmetics. Even their cosmetics are lacking for a Battlefield game. Like, God damn, like, nobody had creativity either? Like, so a lot of the cosmetics they got for the character are lame and basic as hell. Like, I understand. Like, we're, if we're in 2042. Like, they, didn't have, they ain't got no swagger in 2042. Like, what are we doing? War steel. There's not supposed to be any swagger. Look, you want man. Call of Duty? Look, you want man. Call of Duty? You no. want anime? I want, you want, ca- I want, you want some ta- ears? I want some like ta- No, I want some tactical <laughs> guys. That, I want a guy with a Reaper. Like I, you got the re- like the Reaper style mask, or they got the optics inside. They do have that. They man. got the shield guy. The shield guy's got it. 
He does, but, but why doesn't yeah. everybody else have like options like that in some way? Because they wanted to thing. keep it. Look, I found nice armor for my. Mech. Nah, I need some spec out. I need some more over the top, cool army style, like futuristic neon, army style. Call of Duty. No, I don't want yeah. neon. Want anime guns. No, I don't want anime music. guns. I don't want none of that. <laughs> I just I want like Splinter Cell style outfits and stuff like that. Like it's a, it's just a character. You give me the class. It's just a character. Yeah. Yeah, hey. Nick wants. Yeah, you're right. Nick Steele wants Snoop Dogg. No, I don't want Snoop. I don't want Snoop Dogg in 2042. No, I don't want Snoop Dogg. I don't want no anime characters. I don't want nobody. I just want more outfits. Give me some more futuristic tactical outfits. So we're just gonna go into the future and everybody's just wearing. I'm still wearing the same old. Hel- or I'm not wearing a helmet at all because it's not cool to wear a helmet. Um. I got a bandana around my head. I got I'm Rambo. I'm this is this he I got wants a Rambo an outfit style. that screams target me. That's what he wants. Like no a big target on his back. What what I want is I just want some more people in suits. That's all it is. That's, yeah, I know that's, that's it. That's I know it. what you're saying. That's all. No, and to you know they could still do a lot with twenty forty two. Portal still gives them an opportunity to steal if they go back and keep remaking, even if they're not gonna make big new maps, which this last one they did. But even if they're going to do that, they could still add the older maps. They could continue to add the older maps to a portal because it is fun to go back to those old You and I have a freaking fantastic... Yeah, because they have the destruction and everything. Like, it's, exact, it's the exact same, except it's updated. Right. So, yeah, fucking right. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, Portal has a lot of potential still to this day. So I think that 2042 is going to have a long life. Again, we said it from the beginning to Steel and Mav. Anybody who is a Battlefield fan knows that this has been the history with dice, unfortunately, that doesn't make it acceptable. At, at no time am I excusing dice for the missteps that they've had uh, for the past five, at least battlefield four or five battlefields. Listen, the missteps are wrong, but at the end of the day, dice does wind up fixing their games. Battlefield five is a completely different game than when it came out completely. It was broken when it came out. Spawn points were terrible in battlefield five. You'd spawn, literally take a snipe to the head. They fixed their games. And that's the one thing I always give them credit for. And 2042 is no different right now. They are actually sinking the time and resources to make it a good game at the end of the day. And honestly, there are times in 2042 where we're having more than just a good time. We're having a great time in 2042. It feels moment to moment at like the old classic battlefield. When we are in those hectic spots and we're rushing tanks to throw C5 on them to blow them up. Like there is those moments like our, our Mav run the other night, Steel, when we were getting the Mavs and we were yeah. pushing with the Mav vehicles and we kept getting in those Mavs. And I, you know, I was, that shit was working too. <laughs> yeah, I was driving the Mav and we were, we were planting uh, bombs in, in rush and I would set up the Mav to protect everybody while they were planting the bomb. And then we'd sit there and we'd just protect the bomb. And it was working perfectly. It was strategic. It was awesome to be back in that mode again. It was really cool to have those uh, from time to time. So, um, yeah, I think Battlefield has a future again. EA is doubling and tripling down here, which I love to see. They're not going to let this franchise die, which is what I was afraid of. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy with the moves here still. I think we can get back to it. I think we can get back to a good And And, and Zampella puts a lot of faith in me. Zampella knows what he's doing. Yeah. And he's not going to let this go down that road again. So I'm hoping. I was kind of shocked while you were talking, Steele. I actually lost what you were saying for a moment because I was, I was scrolling Twitter to see if any breaking news was coming out before the Ubisoft Forward. 
Um, and there was actually somebody, and this is totally off topic, but we were at, I actually saw somebody post gameplay from Evolve. Oh, of fuck. all games, oh, of all games, somebody just posted on Twitter Evolve footage. I was like, "What? This is <laughs> this is the thing Steele and I talk about. We yeah. are the bubble. Everybody sits out here and talks about, oh, I need triple Nah, nobody, run. nobody cares about any of that shit. Nobody. Man, I got Literally. people posting Evolve footage in 2022. Yo, this game's Look, cool. It's crazy. Oh yeah, shit! Sure. I thought Evolve was at the time. No, Evolve was Evolve was dope as hell, it bro. A, it was just, a great concept. It was I, a great concept. I just, it just, I don't know. It just didn't. I don't no, know. Shout man. out to Turtle Rock. It had it had balancing issues. It had all sorts of. It was just a. It was just such a unique concept. It was, it was dope. such a cool. It was idea. super dope. Yeah, it was really super dope. Was. I liked it. it was, I just couldn't believe I saw somebody post. Yeah. I, again, man, like you, yeah. you forget that you you forget that you're in a bubble, man, and. That's why I I always try to reiterate that RTS approach because I I don't look at things that way. I'm just in a bubble mindset. So it's like when I well at least I try not to. And I and I can you as as gamers, you can be selfish, you're gonna like your certain things, and there's certain things you're gonna find value in versus other things. Which is why it's always try I always try to speak on things objectively and everything. So I, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I'm just excited about it. Lore Master still says they still need a damn protractor. Were you were you playing with us still yes, when he I went was, out his rant? Was, yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, Lore, Lore Master Jasper was playing with. He's a, such a sweaty dude. Crazy. Beam he, said, started com- he started complaining about the angles in the game because he was getting hit from a unbe- uh, from an angle he didn't think was oh, possible. Yeah. So he said the team needed protractor. Uh, yeah, Fahim. Fahim says so. When uh, Battlefield became all online, did you think it was a good? Uh, did you think it was good? Still, they started off that way, so it wasn't surprising to me. I, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't know. Like, for for me, it's. I'm always going to look at Battlefield differently because my Battlefield experience has always been an online experience. When my father, my, when my father put me on Battlefield, and we used to squad up all the time. It was online. Uh, we built the computer specifically to make sure that we could play Battlefield together online. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's what I know Battlefield for. Um, and that's why, you know, and that when we have conversations like this, like, it's like talking to like Halo vets or anybody that's a veteran, any, any game of it, or played it when it originally came out. There are going to be ebbs and flows. There's going to be changes. And I don't necessarily mind the campaign, but I can also see why they would charge or people like myself would pay for an experience that's only multiplayer. Mm-hmm. What Battlefield was. Now, that's not going to have the same inherent value to you. I also look at multiplayer gaming differently. Like, I am the hardcore, the sweat. Do I do that in all games? No, because I don't play these. I don't play Battlefield as often, so it's like, and I don't play shooters as often, like for especially first-person shooters. So it's like I haven't retained a lot of that. And Battlefield is also different. There's other things that get incorporated in that. Um, but I am that guy who looks at things a little bit more on the hardcore side. Hey, what was my KD that game? How many times did I die? I would did I do this? Am I doing that? Am I work? Am I just messing with some guns? Whatever the case may be, which is a lot of the case right now. Um, <laughs> but it's just just some of that, man. So it's that's, like that's nothing against people who want want that. But 
No, no, because there was some campaigns that were really good. I mean, again, it's just nothing that was... All my memories of Battlefield, again, outside of the bad companies, all my memories of Battlefield is the multiplayer. You said, Steel. My kid and I jumping into Battlefield for the first time, Battlefield 4. I, I think he did play some Battlefield 3 as well, but he was really Probably. young. But Battlefield yeah, 4 was when he was old enough to start learning strategy and got the idea behind Battlefield. And then he learned how to fly helicopters. Then he became one of those pilots that could get you in and out of system. That's where all my memories are. Like you yeah. jumping in with your dad and stuff. That's where all my memories are based on Battlefield 2 is most of them. And Bad Company, sure. Right, 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 right. Huge for me. But but that's where it is. And But again, I understand why people like the campaign. There is some good stuff to the campaigns. And if they can bring back that magic, and that's just a piece of what they do with Battlefield. And it sounds like, again, they created a whole studio with Marcus Leto just to work on the campaign. Cool. You still have dice. You still have ripple effect. Dice being the main masters of the multiplayer doing what they do best. You're not pulling perfect. from those it's resources. Perfect. Right. That's cool to me. That's fine. That's great. I'm all for that. That is perfect. So I'm down for that 100%. Um, and that at least tells me that you're going to get a more refined experience in those areas because yep. dice can't do both, bro. Like yep. they don't need to do both. If you're going to set perfect, separate each other out, yep. call yourself something different and let dice who is dice, who is good at making multiplayer experiences only focus on doing this. Correct. Nobody else have input. You do this. Y'all do that story shit. I don't, it doesn't have to involve this game. If you need some help to get the assets, cool. We got you. Other than that, hey, well, everything else, we got it. Fucking fuck. God damn. But Fifth Horseman, I agree. We need a War of the Monsters with teams, a current day one. That would be free. That would be I'd different. Play that. that would be different. I'd play that. Bro, you and I could hook up and go against people. That would be fire. Monsters. That would be fire. Oh. That would be fire. <laughs> um with that being said yeah i mean that's not really much else, else there um and let's let the people go so we can all get set up yeah. and get everything rocking and rolling for, us and get ready yeah for this ubisoft show that's popping up um i am planning on being there uh but it just okay. depends yeah i know my uh my wife is we're gonna have to do some swapping roonies here uh but we'll okay. see how that ends up turning out uh other than that if if I don't show up live, I'll definitely show up in the Yeah, sure. Um Yeah, but other than that, I think this would be a perfect opportunity to get into our this day in gaming segment for the show. Real real quick to steal, just real quick. Yeah, go uh, ahead. let's get this out of just because this was big news too. Uh again, I will always hype up Cyberpunk 2077 for oh, anybody I, who does not yes, know. I didn't want to talk about again, it. I said it a little bit in the beginning. Um, but again, this week they did come out with the official announcement. CD Projekt Red did a nice big uh, Night City wire along with some red streams. Again, 1.6 is out. The patch, this is going to be the final patch for older gen. They are completely done with the older gen. They're not going to fix it anymore. That's it. That's done. Uh, they did some other life um, life improvements as well. Uh, quality of life improvements. Again, you can now use your closet and actually make outfits and keep those outfits and it doesn't affect your armor rating and all your stats. So now you can have your custom V looking really nice. I've already got five. I think they, oh, maybe 
seven total outfits and you can swap those on the fly from your menu once you have them set up so they did quality of life improvements like that they also introduced new edge runners um mission into the game which you can find uh, along with some more side missions as well i think i saw three or four that i did that i popped up um so they introduced that and then on top of uh the 1.6 patch they talked about the future uh, current gen consoles down the road are going to get patches for the police uh, AI finally to fix the police, make it more dynamic. They're going to do some other things there as well. So they're going to continue to support that. And then they announced Phantom Liberty, the first and maybe the only expansion. We were supposed to get three expansions, if you remember what CD Projekt Red promised yes. originally. So this is disappointing if this winds up being the only one. I will be sad. But there's some uh, positive if, news on the back end of this as well. So they announced Phantom Liberty. It's going to take place sometime in the timeline prior to the ending of the game. Now, Steel and I are very curious how they're going to pull this that's off. That's so weird, man. Like, how they're going to position this. Ah, uh, uh, Yeah. I don't know where have, you fit that. Because like all the events know, take place in two I, days. What I else know, could we have bro. done in those two days? So it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be weird how they pull this off. But it looks fantastic this is classic cd project red they are taking you to a whole new place okay yeah. then before you were still v johnny silverhand is yep. still with you keanu came on they had a tape with him he came on and said i'm back johnny silverham's back so that's freaking amazing the what they showed in the trailer and they did have gameplay in there looks phenomenal this is going to be a big giant expansion uh, like CD Projekt Red is known for, again, The Witcher 3. Some people, to this day, still think the DLC was better than the main game in a lot of ways. So they're doing what appears to be that type of level of work with this. So Phantom Liberty is coming sometime in 2023. They did not give an official date or window, but they said 2023. So we'll see how that turns out. Current gen only, uh, too, isn't it? Current gen only. Again, not supporting last gen. They're abandoning it completely, which they should have done. Before they even launched the game this is about to be Whatever. a 40 hour experience Spilt Mick. yeah this is probably going to be a big one uh v swears allegiance to the new united states of america which is going to be very interesting how they pull all this off but i'm all for it so uh cyberpunk if you want to jump back in or if you're thinking about jumping in now's the time um i'm going to make room for phantom liberty even if this shows up after starfield launches in 2023 i can guarantee you i'll be splitting time between starfield and this uh, that's how much I love cyberpunk. Everybody knows that that listens to us, but, uh, and steel does too. Um, so really great news. And what I was saying, the bright spot is CD project red while they confirmed underneath a YouTube content con uh, comment that this would be the only expansion. Their official site did that. Uh, they also came out and said, we're not done with cyberpunk. Cyberpunk is not going to be left for dead. Okay. So they are planning on having another cyberpunk game after 2077, which was my greatest fear. Now, whether or not that comes true, we'll just have to wait and see when that happens. We don't know because we know they've started work on Witcher 4 in Unreal Engine 5. So who knows when they're going to come back to cyberpunk. But if I get another cyberpunk, even if it launches next gen, okay, the next gen, even if I get one, I'm still going to be a happy camper that if they go back to this world is absolutely amazing. So I can't wait, Steel. I just want to get that out there. 
No, that was perfect. Cause yeah, that was another thing that I was going to mention earlier um, before we got into that last conversation, which I, it has me excited. Um, Cyberpunk definitely looks like it's going to be a, a, a really good time. Um, again, I'm, I'm so curious how they're just going to put that story in there mainly because I mean, one, because of how the stories uh, portrayed to us. And then two, like the what they did show us it looked like the city was on fire and it's like like there was just a lot going on and it's just like so when did this happen because there's like literally i can't think of a moment and again you know excuse me because it's been a minute since i played the game but i can't think of a moment where we could have fit that in could could this be an old johnny silverhand experience maybe but if you're still there how did you how did that work Right, right, because they do, because some of the NPCs do say V, so they. So it's just, it's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's weird. Again, oh, I'm, I'm interested. See. I'm interested. The I, Project Reds are uh, wizards. We'll find out what they do with the story and how they fit this in there. It, it does have me very curious, though, how they're. And, and uh, by the way, two Edge Runners, uh, the anime series uh, from Trigger that's coming out this month, uh, next week, I think it is. In fact, um, they did confirm that is canon, um, as well within the universe. And they're actually going to have cameo appearances from some of the characters from Cyberpunk 2077. So if you're watching the anime, you will recognize things. All the guns are straight from the game. All of that stuff. They're keeping it straight canon. So that's going to be really cool uh, as well. Can't wait. Yeah. So that, and that's going to be super dope too. Um, see, and Jasper said it has to be after the game. Literally, Jasper, there's no way they could do that after the game. If, no if, spoilers, no spoilers, there's, but there's there's no spoil like no spoilers. There's literally depending because it then that would also you're throwing in the aspect of how you ended the game, depending on what ending you got. And no matter what ending you got, I can at least say there's no way. No. Unless but. there's like you go one specific avenue and you claim that this is it the, and the true. Yeah, you, you could say that this was the true, but that way is also supposed to be like one of the more like the super secret ending. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, ah, like I don't, I don't know. It it can't be after the game because there's, there's there's the timeline. The timeline doesn't wouldn't make sense at that point. Um, especially with what. And I only say that without giving as much information as possible. And yeah, also, yeah, yeah, and also, like, I'm also racking my brain about it because it's like what they established, depending on what you chose, there was no other option. You had you had two choices, and there was no other option. Correct. That's all I can say. Right. And if we come to find out there was another option, then that would change yeah. your game. Would, and yeah. I don't. They're not doing that. So it has to take point at some yeah. point bef- right before that. Maybe right before that last mission. Because I guess you do have some time to do that before you got to meet up or whatever. I don't know. Exactly, Yobi. Yeah, there's, it's so hard to talk around this because there is no way without spoiling everything. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to because Cyberpunk's going to be a game that people hop into uh, over this generation and go back to and finally discover because it is that good. And people, enough of us are talking about it that I just don't want to ruin it. There, again, it's... It's such a freaking fantastic ending to a game. No matter what ending you pick, they tie everything up so right. It's so emotional yeah. that yeah, I just don't want to ruin it. 
it's way beyond. It's something that you got to experience for yourself. No, yeah, that's a, that's the same thing. That's like that. That's yeah, what I was telling my wife too. Fifth Horseman, uh, yes, uh, CD Projekt Red confirmed that The Witcher Three uh, current gen upgrade is still uh, planned to come out this year, 2022. They are still on track to release that update, which is another game that I'm going to go back to here at the end of 2022. If that launches, that's going to be huge. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, um, but exactly. But same same thing for you, Blue Moon. That's why I was also I was very careful about what I was saying and. That's all, yeah, that's all I can really say. There is a couple choices yeah, yeah, no. that you got to make. Um, Everybody knows that there's multiple endings. So, but there's no choice. There's, yeah. there, there's nothing else that I can literally say yeah. about that because that would be giving it'd be giving it away, and I don't want to do that because no. I I do agree with Pong. Um, the entire game was one of the main things that I was telling my wife through that that whole playthrough when she was playing. As you know, even though she did end up getting all all of the endings, um, she made a save, made sure she did all of them. I told her just to, because me, that's why me and Pong have like a stark difference in playtime. Because me, once I got involved in the story, I you couldn't fo- stop. I, I couldn't oh, stop. I was follow- I was following through it. Yeah, I was doing other things and I was involving myself in the world and things, but like I was playing the game, right? Yeah. And then, and I still got one of the supposedly best endings of the game, other than right. like what they say is like the the true secret ending or whatever the case so um hey i, I don't know i don't know it's gonna be interesting to see yeah there could be a lot of things that happen but yeah dragon dragon heart you're right it's, <laughs> it's a masterpiece it's a masterpiece and more people need to go play it yeah. at, now that it's fixed now that the, a lot of the problems are gone it's not perfect but again no big open world game like that is perfect by any stretch of the imagination that doesn't change that's fact that skyrim is a masterpiece it, and it certainly doesn't change the fact that cyberpunk is a masterpiece, not for everybody. And I understand that it's not going to be for everybody, but if you play through the story, even if you play like steel did and went straight through the story for the most part and finished it, what'd you have steel? 16, Again, 17? like I'm almost, uh, at almost 60 hours, six, almost 60 hours. He finished the game, um, had the same type of emotional response to it as I did. And I'm, I played for 280 hours in one place. So, Again, that's the type of world you got here. You can spend forever in it. It's just like Skyrim or just like any other open yeah, world. Yeah, no, you literally you. can. And w- once you start getting involved, you start looking at other things and wanting to focus on certain things and doing things on purpose. Like, and it's a good game. Yeah, it's a great game. And and Jasper, and if you guys have heard Jasper, Jasper's not an emotional kid, okay? But he said that Cyberpunk is one of the only times he ha- got emotional. It makes you like, game. bro. Yeah, if there's yeah, one yeah. thing that I can say about CD Projekt Red, they know how to make you feel yeah. part of the game. You care. You care for the character, and, and that's crazy because I wasn't expecting to to come across that way. In right. the way right. that the story makes it and everything else, I mean, it's like, bro, yep. like the way that you care about it is just like I don't know. It's it's yeah. it's fucking insane. Um. Anyway. Uh, and Infinite Umber says he's about 459 hours into it himself. That's a, again, goddamn, that's a shit ton of time. Uh, again, 60 hours for a game, I don't think is bad. Uh, two or 300 hours into a game, I don't think is bad. Any game that you spend a significant amount of time in, again, 40 hours in a work week, some most of the time for standard for people, I, I, I think that's a pretty solid game <laughs> overall. But mm. that's just me. Yep. Yep. Jackie, long live Jackie. Yeah, bro. Uh, shout, shout out to the GOAT. Shout out to the shout, GOAT. Shout out one of the best partner 
NPCs I've ever had in a video game by far. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to yeah. leave it at that. Um, yeah. <laughs> at that point, uh, let's, we're going to get into the this day in gaming segment of the show, otherwise known as Mate Pong Feel Old. Well, I set my French toast right there. Um, you can feel old too. Uh, nah, I, I don't. I don't get to feel old, man. Uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, basically, we go back thirty years of gaming history, kind of what I talked about earlier, uh, just so you can get that perspective of where we were at to where we are now. And again, two K has been one of those biggest examples for me here recently. Just thinking back on it, I typically, hey, oh no, because we they did announce that today, I think. Um, but it's funny because we just talked about this not that long ago. Uh, we were talking about Battlefield, so. Let's get into it. This day in gaming. Blue Moon said, I started it, then decided to wait for the Series X upgrade. You know how it is. Hey. Yep, I don't believe We understand. I, I, I understand. It just, just make sure you do. It is worth your time. That's all I'm going to say. It is worth your time. And yes, Jasper, he is a good tune. Facts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. So you're right, Jake and Hart. We are forever young. That's why we play video games. We get to feel like kids forever. You're absolutely correct, sir. I will exactly. never give up the kid in me. So exactly. All right. So, uh, we're so we're on this day, September 10th. Uh, we're starting on 2001, and in 2001, uh, the PlayStation 2 dropped Portal Runner. Okay, I don't, I didn't I didn't play that game. Then, in 2002, the PC released Battlefield 1942. Uh, then in 2003, the Game Boy Advance released Banjo-Kazooie, Grunty's Revenge. A shout out to Grunty, whoever that was. I didn't know Banjo had a Game Boy Advance game. Uh, yeah, exactly. We have 42 making another appearance. Yeah, exactly. I was just going to say, we were just talking about that. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, then in 2004, uh, PC release. I-, I thought this was a good age game. Age of Mythology Gold Edition. Uh, you got to play as a lot of the gods and everything. Um, I think they had like Colossal Titans and everything in there too. Uh, that's when they introduced those things. That stuff was super dope at that time. Um, yep. Oh, uh, God. Oh, my God. Amazing. What a great game. Yep. Um, then in 2004, you had uh, PC release Point Royale 2. Love Point Royale. I gotta get back to it, man. That's one of those games. I love it. Love it. Pirate's Life for me, baby. There you go. Uh, then in 2007, DS uh, released Drawn to Life. Okay. Uh, then uh, in 2007, the PC and Xbox 360 released The Elder Scrolls Four: Oblivion, the Game of the Year edition. Then in 2008, the PSP released Bleach Soul Carnival. I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, then in 2009, the Xbox 360 released Fable 2, a Game of the Year edition. Not the Fable, man. Can't wait to see what more information we get from that here. Yeah, me too. Me too. Can't wait. Uh, then the PlayStation 3 released Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time Reshelled. That was good from when they, when they redid that. Uh, then in 2013, Xbox 360 released, I'm pretty sure this came out on everything, NHL 14. Then in 2015, Wii U released the greatest console of all time, uh, Super Mario Maker. Shout out to the Wii U. Doing something different that just didn't hit. 
then to move on into 2019 with the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 4 releasing Blasphemous. Blasphemous. Uh, then in 2019, PC, I'm pretty sure this release day and date also, uh, got Gears 5. Shout out to Gears 5 and all its goatness. Shout out to the Gears series overall. No other third-person game has done it better yet. Get rid uh, of the whiny kids. <laughs> Bring uh, back my dude bros. God damn you. Then in PlayStation 4, um, you got Greedfall, and you also got The Walking Dead, the Telltale Definitive Series. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who will Greedfall. swear by that, so definitely awesome. take that. And then Greedfall, too. I know a lot of people who like Greedfall. Uh, then in 2020, PlayStation 4 released Control Ultimate Edition. Got the control. And then Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 released Metal Max Xeno Reborn mm-hmm. in Japan. Then in 2021, PlayStation 4 released Life is Strange True Colors. Then on PlayStation 5, they got NBA 2K22. PC got Tales of Arise, and then play at some point. Fuck. T- Tales of Arise is good, but it's just I know, I know takes, you had your issues with it. I love the goddamn long man. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know. know. It's a good game. It is a good game though overall. Yeah. Um, and the Nintendo Switch releases in 2021. WarioWare, get it together. Shout out to WarriorWare and shout out to Jeff Grubb. Um, yeah. He's a main yeah. proponent for WarriorWare. I was just going to say that. Uh, he <laughs> thinks it's the greatest that. game ever. I don't know if he's yeah. actually joking about that or he's being serious. So I just say, hey, what it is. Yep. Uh, but with that, ladies and gentlemen, that was the crux of the show today. Thank you for joining us for episode 72 of Living Split Screen. I haven't come up with the title of the show, so I'll come up with the title afterwards or something. Um, <laughs> just didn't have anything creative I wanted to come up with today, so I kind of left it alone. So I definitely feel that in on the back end. But other than that, again, chat, as always, y'all were super involved in the conversations um getting some extra input in there and then i felt like we were pretty pretty on point too man uh we locked a lot of things out of the park again covering multiple different topics and guys get excited for the ubi show hopefully we see some uh some fun things there again uh hopefully they say heartland's coming out tomorrow and we'll all and we all get to play it at least we know it'll be better than d23 no matter what that that is true that is true so uh but with that being said again ladies and gentlemen uh this was episode 72 of living split screen going into episode 73 next weekend uh and you can find us here man right here with living split screen we're on that road to 1k again we get the run 1k by the time Callisto protocol comes out i will live stream the game start to finish um to let you guys experience me jumping out of my chair and again i'm looking at this dead space gameplay today and i'm already having some anxiety from some of the moments just watching it from when i was playing it so i'm just saying i i can't lie i'm not lot like this is going to be an experience like i'm not just like blowing this out of the proportion i'm being for real um so i think it's going to be a good time though so uh but Again, thank you all. Um, you can catch me everywhere. 
Steel Rain, I, Steel Rain, I, the T is a seven. If it has a search bar, you'll find me, man. Um, Google, Xbox, Twitter, PC, whatever ecosystem that you're a part of, uh, type that in and you will find me. Um, and then, yes, Dragonheart Yobi, man. Uh, hit me up in the background. We do got some things that are cooking up a little bit. And, hey, man, it might be something special for you guys when we hit that 1K. So definitely be on the lookout for that uh, because we do also want to make sure that we give back to our community when we can. But, Pong, man, again, another episode where I got to just say greatly appreciate you for being here, mate. And I uh, appreciate the conversations and the opinions and the thought points and, you know, pulling it through and us having another, you know, yeah conversation talking about multiple things that are going on in the industry with the personal twist on it um three hours plus non-stop no setup beforehand just get into it uh i love it on a week-to-week basis couldn't ask for more man uh let the people know where they can find you uh you've become quite the popular guy on twitter you're gonna hit 10k before we know it and uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, i wish brother we'd be over 1k if that was the case uh, sure. we're gonna hit 10k <laughs> before we know it uh and you gotta let the people know you are the x-men that is not cyclops but you are paul soul so what's going on man let the people know i'm definitely gonna need more graphics artists and only fans accounts to follow me to 10k i'm gonna need a lot more of those sure uh, listen, this is a great episode. Episode 72 in the books. Living split screen again. Steal all love. Respect, brother. Again, Santa Claus this week. You made my day. Hey, made man. my week. Uh, gave me my crack uh, for this year. Uh. Which is not necessarily a good thing, brother. Not necessarily a good thing. But no, we're going to have some good times on NBA uh, 2K23. But uh, no, appreciate you and everything you do. You know that. And catching up with you on Saturdays along with... I, you know, 60 plus people that show up here every week is just awesome. And chat, you guys were amazing today. Lots of great conversations. Appreciate you all, whether you drop, dropped in here to say hi and then had to bounce or whether you stuck it out for the whole four hours. Uh, and it's, I'm sorry, Tim the Sorcerer, it was only four hours today. I'm sorry. But we got to get everybody out of here for Ubisoft Forward. We don't want to steal from their audience. We want everybody to go over there and enjoy what Ubisoft is going. So uh, we respectfully are going to enter a show now. Uh, but this was awesome. You guys are amazing. All love and respect. Thank you all for sharing things out, spreading the word about living split screen. Again, we've seen some growth. We're now at 618. Yeah. Um, again, to, to some people, it'd be like, okay, whatever. To, to me and Steel doing one show a week, it's huge. We're, we're moving. And, and, and people are starting to see us. We saw new faces in here today in yeah. our chat as well. That's what it's all about. We've been seeing that weekly, which means our word's starting to get out there. So thank you, thank you all for that. Listen, you guys know the drill. Pong Soul on Xbox. Pong Soul on Twitter. Follow me, I'll follow you back. Um, and then obviously tonight, today, I should be over on Fun Speculations channel, so jump on over there. He's starting his pre-show in about 20 minutes or so. Jump over there if you want to co- watch a co-stream with the Ubisoft Forward. We're going to get excited. We're all Assassin's Creed fans um, so it's going to be a good time there. Tonight, I will be on the Shop Podcast, PTK Blam's channel. Of course, brother from another Fuzzy who was in here earlier as well, and myself. Uh, and tonight, we have Dr. Mo on as well. So we're going to have a guest. It's going to be fun. 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. we got a lot to cover, obviously. But uh, PTK does allow you to come in the second half of the show in the chat and give us a topic of conversation or a question that we, you want answered. So jump in there it's a great time saturday night 
Um, Tuesday, I probably won't be on Xbox Factor Podcast, uh, but I was on this last week. We had a full panel. It was crazy. Uh, lots of good talk, but you know you check out Double Barrel Gaming. Mr. Boomstick, you're always going to have an awesome time in his shows. So be there every Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time, Xbox Factor Podcast. Thursday, p.m. in the p.m. Pong and Mav in the p.m. on Thursday nights. We got big things going on. Mav's got uh, guests lined up. We just had Psychonauts on, brother from another Psychonauts. Uh, he was on. It was awesome. And then uh, Mav's actually got two more lined up for the next two weeks. Uh, he has not made the announcement this week, but it's going to be a big one. You guys are going to enjoy it. So be there Thursday night over on Fun Speculations Channel, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. And then Friday nights back on Fun Speculations Channel, Xbox Ultimate, where it goes left, it goes up, it goes down, it goes every which way possible with lots of laughs. But we also have a ton of discussion there as well. We had Sour Blow a Gaming. Uh, from XBI uh, crew on last night. So be there Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. Otherwise, I'll be back here next weekend with Steel. You know it. So listen, it's Golden Age Gaming. Go enjoy the Ubisoft Forward. If you're a Ubisoft fan, it's going to be a big day. It's going to be fun. Lots of Assassin's Creed stuff. Maybe some Division in there. Some Skull and Bones in there as well. Listen, go out there. Enjoy it. Play what you love. Love what you play. Have an awesome weekend, and I will talk to you all real, real soon. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, um, people may not write their own tweets, but this is some some important information. PlayStation and Nintendo are the only companies left that care to provide actual games people want to play. Yes, they dabble in other areas, but the core experiences have oh, not been no. put to the wayside. Oh. If they, If that ever happens for nintendo or playstation the industry is finished so with that in mind don't worry um Bye. we it's all satire ladies and gentlemen you guys stay easy much love and uh enjoy the rest the of the <laughs> much love guys peace later all